everybody, and welcome back to the Games I Guess podcast. This is Games I Guess, episode 19 for Thursday, February 9th, 2023. My name is Casey Tig, joined, as always, by game dev Ian McCammon. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Always a pleasure <laughs> to be here. Absolutely. Uh, not to be upstaged, but Josh Musser, the voice actor extraordinaire, as I like to call him, is also here. I'm a voice actor connoisseur. I connoisseur, excuse me. Yeah, I, connoisseur I, and extraordinaire. Yeah, there you, there you go. Uh, we do have a guest this week. Uh, he's uh, he's part of the friend group. He does YouTube stuff over on the YouTubes, which we will link to, of course. Uh, our friend Ryan, known as the Gamertron on the Gamertron Show YouTube channel. Welcome, good good sir. First off, I want to thank the Academy. I want to thank my family for this oh, what a prestigious what a honor. <laughs> What a joke. It took a lot uh, of blackmail, a lot of coercion, but I'm finally here. Shout out to yeah. Jeff Keeley himself. Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting. To Jeff. Ryan's behalf. I was oh just waiting God. for Will Smith to come up and slap. To get this. Uh... That's how you know you've made it. Oh my God. We, we, we're going to. That guy, that, that angry Ryan hater that sent us a patch note once, he's going to be fucking furious. Oh, yeah, that, that guy. I forgot so, uh, about that guy. This episode. <laughs> is for you good sir looking forward to that <laughs> yeah absolutely um anyway so games i guess we're uh, you know we're all over the place wherever you get your podcasts uh you know the places i'm not gonna list them i don't have it written down i forget uh but also there's a video show over on my youtube channel which is Whizfish on youtube check that out check out the uh <laughs> the games at gunpoint dark souls series featuring uh well all three of us but mostly featuring josh um, he is now exploring Blight Town, so that's exciting. Um, I'm doing an, another show uh, a couple times a month, maybe, with a composer called Discovering Video Game Music. That's there. And hey, I might I might even review a video game every now and then. So go check that out. Um, I got yeah. his OnlyFans. Yeah, my OnlyFans. It's all toe picks. Uh, you're welcome, <laughs> and I'm sorry. I've been seeing some really amusing... OnlyFans ads on like social media where they're like really? trying to like I don't know rebrand themselves so it'll be like come to OnlyFans and then it'll be just like a picture of a guy welding like a video of a guy welding or something <laughs> <laughs> like, well they did, they did try skills. to like randomly pivot away yeah. from porn right like they uh yeah well, they get they get you know dinged for regulatory issues but I think uh I don't know I feel like this is this is more like they're trying to expand their their base. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they like me scroll through their social media occasionally and see these ridiculous welding videos that apparently like hundreds of thousands of people watch. <laughs> and they're thinking OnlyFans could get in on this welding video action. Yeah, but we all know mm -hmm. the truth. We all know the truth. Yo, um, Andre, speaking of welding, you can do have an OnlyFans. Andre, welding. There, yeah, Andre. you know what? Screen no lie, Souls there, there is probably in existence an Andre OnlyFans account, <laughs> or, or at least some analog to that. There's, there's got to be, like a, at least a Twitter account, like an always on, always on streaming uh, yeah. Andre. <laughs> yeah, just a guy standing there in front of him while he pounds the steel, you know. Um, <laughs> but I guess Ooh, we should, uh, yeah, erotica. Right there, Androtica. Um. That didn't work. So is video that, games. That's the next Mass Effect game. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Um, Josh, uh, what have you been playing lately? Uh, well, I, 
I did get it. I was talking to Ian a little bit about it, but um, before the show, but I, I did get finally past the point in Red Dead 2 uh, of where I dropped off my first initial playthrough. Oh, nice. Um, the, you said I, I found that was a, Guarma? Something about Guarma? Yeah, yeah. So it, apparently I was I was a little bit further than I thought uh, in the first playthrough. I, I, I'm pretty sure I stopped playing as soon as I got off of Guarma. Um, and I, and now I'm a little bit past that. I, I just, I think the last major thing that happened, spoilers, I don't, I don't know about Ryan, but spoilers for anyone. Ryan doesn't know. Obviously. I don't think that he hasn't played that game. Uh, are you I'll here? I will forget by next week. It's cool. Go ahead. <laughs> Gotta crack him over the head with the two by four. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I guess uh, I think the last major thing that happened is the shootout in the swamp. Uh, after that, with the uh, Pinkertons. After ah yeah yeah yeah, that's a badass so. moment when you like bust open that door and you're just like, Arthur yeah, and then you take over like, their uh, their Gatling gun. Arthur with like a ten foot long beard. Well, at least when I played the game, that's that's where I, that's where Arthur was at, in the with his lifestyle anyway. My, my beard's fe- fairly under control at that point because I while I was in Saint Denis or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, but you were forced. You were forced to get a shave, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I cut it pretty short, my hair and the beard at that point. So by the time I was off the island, the beard is like how I have mine in real life right now. Just that had like, to be on purpose, right? It had to be like, hey, you're about to be marooned. Uh, we want you like you know looking pretty and clean shaven so that we could show time passing through your face and hair growth and shit like that. I don't oh, care. Yeah. Trelawney, <laughs> Trelawney was. I liked Trelawney until that moment. Until that moment. <laughs> There's a uh, fucking, what's his face? Uh, uh, Dutch. When he, he when he's on the island, comes he looks like a goddamn, like, I don't know, like, like, <laughs> like his, his mustache is all droopy and I don't know, he looks like he just. <laughs> Sad Dutch. Yes, it was really sad. I can't think of the character, the Looney Tunes character with the big mustache. Like you look like you just got Yosemite out. Of water. Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like you, somebody Sam just got out of the bath or something like that. Oh man, I'd love to see uh, Dutch's actor do some Yosemite Sam like improv. <laughs> at, like at, he'd probably like, be pretty good at. Uh, he'd probably be pretty good at the uh, uh, at the rooster. I can't think of fucking anything right now. My mind's blank. But anyway, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, Foghorn yeah, Leghorn. That's Thank his you. Name. Um, all right, so you made some Red Dead progress. Was that pretty much all you got? Um, that we're gonna talk about, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ian, do you want to go first, or do you want uh, Ryan to to jump in? Oh, Ryan can go first. That's fine. Oh, I thank you, sir. Don't go, uh, nuts, so, ex- don't go nuts explaining every single thing that you've played. Of course, uh, of just, course. You know. It all started when I was four years old. First of all, <laughs> Mario is boring. <laughs> Whoa, we're still... I'm surprised you still remember that. I'll never oh, wow. that. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, you'll never live it down. <laughs> not, with, not with me, anyway. Uh, uh, so it, anyway. it is a scar I must wear. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, recently, uh, within the past couple weeks, I got to play and beat two really awesome indie games I'd love to shout out. First off is The Chant, 
a third-person survival horror game where the whole premise is uh, you're a young woman who's recently gone to see her friend who's part of a spiritual retreat. Uh, spoilers. Well, not spoilers. It's in the trailer. It's a cult. <laughs> and I it's remember a- seeing, seeing this game. I think it must have been like a, a launch trailer or a release, like an announcement trailer. Surprise, it's a cult. And I remember... <laughs> I remember being intrigued by it. Like it looked interesting. I, I I I certainly recommend it for fans of survival horror. It's got surprisingly good combat, a melee combat in particular, which 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 really blew me away. Like, whoa, this is Dark Souls-esque. I'm dodging, I'm managing my light and heavy attacks. Like, I didn't see this coming. I was expecting to like run and hide from from enemies, but like it they it actually wants you to go on the offensive, and there's all these different weapons and resources you need to manage. It was was it really like Dark engaging. Souls for Mormons? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, if only. Oh, sorry. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Maybe, Maybe a, a little. little. Yeah. Um, overall, good game. Uh, creature designs were awesome. The, there were some memorable characters. The one downside I would say to the game was the. Um, the game has multiple endings, and they're all very weird. <laughs> uh, wasn't really satisfied with any of them. And the strangest thing is, of all is that the endings are tied to how you uh, level up your character and where you put your stats. Not like the choices you make in the story, which I found very strange. <laughs> that is a little... Survival horror with weird endings and Dark Soulsy combat. I mean, that sounds like it's basically fucking made for me. <laughs> I know, yeah. like, the whole time I was playing it, I was thinking, God, Ian would really like this. Yeah, well, you definitely, you definitely uh, pushed me over the edge here. The next time it's on sale, I'm going to grab it. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely say it, it's worth a play. It's worth a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you other... An, another one, yeah. What, the, what else? Yeah, yeah. The Entropy Center. I oh, recently yeah, the, the portal-ish. Got, yeah, the recently got to play and beat. And I'd, I'd say if you guys love the Portal games, if you love Portal 1 and 2, you got to play the Entropy Center. It may not involve portals, but um, the Time Rewind gun, it's so cool and such a great concept for, uh, concept for so many clever puzzles. Like, and I never felt the need to look up a guide. I just experimented with the mechanics, tried some stuff, and eventually it, it clicked. And that just feels great when you don't have to look up the answer. You just like play the game, and like eventually you put two and two together. Like and the, the mechanics. Back in my just day, so you cool. couldn't look up the answer. You had to have an older cousin who played the game before you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh. Or, or you bust out your your uh, prima prima strategy guide. I, yeah, I, I think prima. I still have the prima Final Fantasy VII strategy guide. That's that's one of the sad things that uh, have disappeared in in the digital age. Strategy the guides and. Heart. Strategy guys and, and like actual exist. instruction booklets. Oh, yeah. Instruction booklets were really nostalgic for me. Like I remember, I would like take it to school. It was like my way of like, I don't know, it was a paraphernalia I'd bring into school. <laughs> like look well, at like that, that was like one of the big things. Like when you bought a new game, like I would you know, yeah, I'd buy a new game and then booklet. I'd see, yeah I'd sit in the back of the car and I'd I that I'd I'd open up the game and I'd just stare at the instruction booklet and read it the entire time, all excited to get to actually play it. Yeah, it was like it was the only thing that could tie you over until you could like pop the game in yeah um i used to sniff them and shit i was a weird kid <laughs> uh oh that new booklet smell yeah smell they still the have they still have the uh the strategy guides and stuff today but i think they're a little different yeah um, like if you were to go into a GameStop, i don't know it's been a while since i've been in one but the last time i was in one and i bought something they tried to upsell me with a strategy guide and it was like this oh god it must have been like two or three inches thick of mostly 
like high res photographs of any yeah, they're basically art books now yeah um they wasn't yeah some i don't know you're you are right though there's something lost they used to actually explain things to you and give you secrets people like me well not me i'm like a fucking pleb but people who do what i pretend to do their job a lot of times when you got early access to games back then was to like put these like legit guides together and that to me that's cool um and guide stuff still exists today like uh i don't know the, the specifics yeah the forums are still pretty lively for stuff like that um i know ign has a i believe a guides department yeah their guides are are often good i find back in the day there was one <clears throat> that i loved for point and click adventure games called uhs or the universal hint system and it was great because unlike you know sort of your standard walkthrough which is just like a wall of text and you had to sort of find where you were and you could spoil stuff for yourself this would just give you like a little list of, of hot links so you'd like click on the one that corresponds to the area that you're in and then there would be like a list of questions how do i open this door how do you know where do i find this item and then you click on it and it would have a bunch of little nested nudges just like and you know all the way at the bottom would be the solution but you just get just enough uh, uh, it's such a shame, that especially with like the point and click resurgence, that that site has not come back to life. There, are, I've seen a couple things kind of like that, but I don't think they're they were very specific. I forget right. what game it was, but I was playing a game, and I was stuck, but I didn't want to spoil. You know, I did, like you said, I just wanted like a nudge, um, and I was able to find a. I think it was for that <laughs> for first class escape too. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I spent like 20 minutes walking around that goddamn library looking for this, I forget what it was, some dumb thing. Um, and I just, I was at the end of my rope. I was like, whatever, you know, how do I find this? And I, I found a site that was similar to that, but it was only for that game. So, but yeah, bring it back. I don't know who would bring it back. Probably just enthusiasts. Get that premium I strategy guide with Pokemon. That's, that's the really big nostalgia for me that and then you, you get that and then team it up with your uh game shark so you can put some cheats in for certain games Ooh. Game or game genie i, oh, I had game, game genie yeah yeah those were things like you correct me if i'm wrong this is a long time ago uh these these are like um add-ons that you would attach to a cartridge and then like insert that into the console yeah it was yeah. basically like a hack box mm -hmm. yeah I had, what was the one, was it for the Game Boy? The Game Shark? There was one for was, the Game Boy, it? one for the 64. The one uh, for the Super Nintendo was the Game Genie. I remember that one. Yeah. And it had some pretty cool, uh, it had like a mascot. I forget what it looked like. It's just some like tornado. I'm surprised Nintendo didn't mask. shut that shit down. Yeah, well, I mean, that was back when Nintendo had some chill, you know? Like, they just have <laughs> no chill anymore. Um, oh man, Nintendo. It's it's crazy like how much they've changed uh in terms of like how they interact with their community. They're just so surprisingly hostile nowadays. It's very strange. But then they do something like drop Metroid Prime remaster without, <laughs> without telling anybody it's coming and right. you know, I've never I never played the, the original Prime. So I'm like I don't have the money for it, but I'm you know if I did, I would buy that. Yeah, that, that game's cool as sick. Yeah. Cool as shit. Did you say cool as sick? 
Cool as sick, yeah. Hell yeah, let's bring it in. That's, that's the new uh, 2023. Uh, totally radical. Yeah, man. Uh, Ian, since uh, Ryan's gone through his, what mm-hmm. about you? What have you been Yeah, doing? so uh, uh, played a couple of things. Um, the first one that I wanted to just sort of get out of the way, because you, you already talked about this a while ago, but I finally got around to finishing it, playing it, I should say, uh, is A Hand With Many Fingers. Oh, nice. Which was, uh, I really liked it. I thought, I thought it was great. I agree with you that, like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it leaves you wanting more. I'd love to see the mechanic expanded or, or inserted into a larger game. Um, but just the, the fact that it, it drops you in this archives and just sort of lets you go and has right. this very organic way of letting you sort of divine the leads that you need, uh, I thought it was really impressive. Uh, yeah. And I, I like so, how it gives you so much freedom. Like you could, if you want to, you could try to brute force clues and just kind of like, oh, I know this one name. I'm just going to go through every fucking file <laughs> cabinet and look for this one name, top to bottom. It lets you do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, and I have to admit, you know, uh, the vibe, it fucking got me a couple of times. There's like a part where you're like all creepy, by yourself. Right? You're like deep in, in the shit. And like the phone rings upstairs and like, yeah, it's very effective or like little things. Like you might like look out the window and you see like the window across the street is like lit up and it turns off real quick. Or like a yeah. car is like parked outside and it pulls away. Um, when you go down to, when you go into the actual archive downstairs and like, I don't know, they always did something to make that shit creepy. Like a light. Oh yeah. Pop, you like your footsteps or... and shit. Yeah. Very good. Um, and I don't know. It's it almost it almost felt like more effective because it wasn't in like a stereotypical like horror setting. It's that weird conspiratorial like paranoia that it sort of gets. Um, right. So yeah, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, the I other one that I've been I didn't know you played that. I thought you maybe you would have like mentioned that shit, but I didn't. Oh, I just I just finished it the other day. I like started it last week and then. Uh, something came up. I can't remember. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap it up. And I, gotcha. uh, I just did the last couple of th- things uh, the other day. Um, so yeah, so then uh, uh, I've also been playing, uh, yeah, you may remember a while ago I was playing that game, that PS1 game, Echo Knight. Uh, it was like is a that the, the FromSoft one? Chip. It is, yeah. yeah. So I started playing the sequel, uh, Echo Knight Beyond, which is basically the same thing, but on a spaceship. Um, and it's also really cool. I'm very, I'm very early into it, but uh, um, it's it's aged a lot better than the PS1 thing. When you get when you get that old, like <laughs> you start getting like really weird inputs and stuff. Yeah. I might have been talking about this. How you'd like it was like tank controls, and then you could like strafe and look up and down with like the bumper and shoulder key. <laughs> and, like, oh buttons. yeah, I remember you t- mentioning that. Yeah, so that's all gone, and it's like typical like dual analog uh, uh, sticks in the second one, and it's it's super vibey and and more sort of atmospherically cohesive. It's PlayStation Two, so you're starting to get into the you know the run up to, to modern gaming. So that's been cool. I, I'm like very very early into that. Um, but the the big one that I played since the last show. Uh, speaking of survival horror with fantastic melee combat uh, is the Callisto Protocol, which I went into basically expecting to think was a, you know, to, to discover was a, you know, pile of shit. Um, 
But I actually really, I, I had a good time with it. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying it's the greatest fucking thing ever. Uh, I'm certainly not saying it's gonna dethrone uh, Dead Space, but uh, you know, it, it's also, it's also just a different, a different sort of experience. It's like, you know, it, it's it is much more, much more in common with like a cinematic adventure game, I would say, than it does with like a, like a seventh gen survival horror, like, like your Resident Evil 4s or your Dead Spaces. Uh, uh, I really liked it. I I don't completely understand the hatred beyond the launch. I understand the technical complaints, obviously, but um, the like the reviews, the gameplay itself are all over the place. Like some people say it's too easy. Some people say it's too hard. You know, some people are sufficiently scared by it. Other people say that it's not scary at all. Um, I don't know. I I liked it. Uh, People said it was too short, but it took me like 16 hours. To, to get through so i don't know it sucks to suck i guess um, but uh but yeah overall overall i enjoyed it and i, I really hope uh, and i sort of anticipate that that you know give it a little bit of time and, and probably retro uh retroactive uh rehabilitation of its of its image yeah i would totally play it uh it's just so expensive you know it's so expensive and i i honestly can't I, like I have yet to play a game, honestly, that, that I felt justified the contemporary AAA price tag, especially when you know, like, it's like what the, you know, the division of that pie is not like, oh yeah, you know, all the developers are like getting their just right. desserts, right? Like so much of that is going into execs and publisher pockets, so. Yeah. Pick it up on sale though. Like I would definitely like if that game cost forty dollars, I would recommend it heartily. Even yeah. We're gonna be talking about Dead Space uh, later in the show, mm-hmm. uh, the remake, and uh, I do hope that you. I'm not sure how this would work yet because obviously we're not in that conversation yet. But I am interested in some of the contrasting Callisto versus Dead Space stuff. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'll. I'll uh... Yeah, I mean, Sorry, I'm not sure. Dude. I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, if you find it an in, sure, like, yeah, yeah, or if maybe if I think of a question, because that's something I've been pretty curious about, but I've not been hunting for info about. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, not to spoil the potential for conversation, I'll definitely chime in if I if I think of it. But like, the games are so different in structure uh, that it's it's hard, honestly, to compare them beyond the superficial. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, the DNA is definitely there. So I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll chime yeah. in. The one thing I will say, you know, credit to Callisto Protocol for this. I And this, this I don't think is even controversial, even among the game. Um, the game is one of the best looking and best sounding games I've ever played. Oh, yeah. Hands down. It's so good looking and the sound design is so good. Uh. Obviously, those are you know largely aesthetic, and and if the right. the gameplay isn't selling you, that's not going to necessarily bring you around. But it is it is pretty remarkable. I don't know. The older I get, the more that shit works on me. I don't know what that <laughs> says about me. But well, like, sound design is is really like sound design is a real make or break. Like like I don't know. I can't remember who said this. Uh, I was reading somebody a long time ago who was saying this that like they could imagine a game with like less than you know, less than up-to-date graphics in any given year, getting like a Game of the Year award. 
but they didn't think that they, they'd never seen and couldn't conceive of a game with shitty sound design getting the game of the year award. I thought it was an interesting observation. I don't know how no. much uh, credence to give. I mean, that just reminds me of, uh, of the old like YouTube edict about, uh, how audio is way more important than your video. Like they always recommend, like if you're going to upgrade one thing, let it be your audio. Absolutely. Audio is going to get somebody to click off your video quicker than video will. I and speaking from personal true. experience, there's yeah. so many like content creators that I see like that have so much potential like, oh yeah, your editing's great. Your script is great. Your microphone is atrocious. <laughs> I can't. Right. Well, imagine imagine like the the sliding doors scenario where like the Blair Witch project had like shitty audio. <laughs> then it would just be like a oh, dumb man. movie the kids made in their backyard like Yeah. <laughs> I remember that movie being like, uh, I was young when it came out, but I remember there being some, like people didn't know if it was real or not. And it's like a whole yeah. controversy around it. Wait, that was a thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, they were, they were, they were pretty, uh, pretty good about their lives, like proto viral marketing. They like, went into hiding and all this stuff, the filmmakers. Um, the filmmakers cool. went into hide. That is dedication, right? <laughs> well, there. I mean, they they were they were nobodies, right? So it wasn't that hard to disappear. <laughs> but, like, you know, they 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 definitely sold the uh, you know sold the whole the whole thing. And like, I was in I was growing up in Maryland at the time. I mean, they were basically you know locals, uh, you know, down in Blair. Uh, so like, that was pretty cool too. Anyway. The point is, the Callisto Protocol sounds really good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey. Well, while we're on the Callisto Protocol, I actually wanted to ask you something about it, if that's okay, yeah. Ian. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious, this just this just popped in my head, like comparing Callisto to Dead Space. Do you think one of the reasons um, the reception to Callisto has been so divisive is simply because of audience expectations that people were expecting a Dead Space-like experience and then the Callisto, Callisto Protocol wasn't that? I do, I do. And it's it's hard for me to say... You can't blame them, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, like, it, 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 it's hard to say that that's necessarily the wrong impression to get. I think that the, uh, the Dead Space pedigree was leaned on pretty heavily. Um, but also, at the same time, like uh, like a, a game should be able to, and developers should be able to sort of cut out. And I, you know, I don't know. It'd be interesting to look at other cases because I know there are other situations. You know, maybe, maybe Evil Within might be an example, right? Oh, yeah. New game from Shinji Mikami. It's like the first thing he's done since you know Resident Evil Four that he's like totally in charge of or whatever. Um, and it came out, and I mean, I don't know. In my opinion, it was basically. But I think a lot of people found it uh, distinct enough from, from Resident Evil uh, that, that it, I remember it getting sort of mediocre reception. But then I think, I think in retrospect, it's, it's developed a cult following and just as I hope uh, Callisto will too, once the sort of expectations die down. The most disturbing thing that I've seen though um, was a conversation uh, between some, 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 some gamers. Oh TM. boy. Oh no! <laughs> on Facebook, uh, which was talking basically, it was like responding to some article about you know whether or not the Callisto Protocol could compare uh, to the Dead Space remake, and uh, they basically said they I actually had, I was so disturbed by it that I actually screenshot 
right? So this one guy is like, is like, this just proves that it wasn't EA's fault that Dead Space 3 was a failure. It was squarely Visceral's fault. The same Whoa. devs couldn't even get their own game right. Meanwhile, the Dead Space remake is a total success. This other guy is like, right. And the devs came out and even said what the Callisto Protocol was, what they had envisioned for Dead Space. Like this is the perfect example where the big corporation got it right and didn't let the dev do whatever they wanted with it. Total freedom to make whatever you want could blow up in the dev's face. The Callisto Protocol is a perfect example of what a company would do if no oversight was done. This goes on. It's, it's surprising how many people were sort of on board with this. And that, I just can't get down. But first of all, that's fucking revisionist history. I mean, the receipts yes. are there. You can go back and you can see, you know, the, the, you know and, and it wasn't just Dead Space 3. Like, EA has a track record of, like, fucking shit up. But the other thing is that just, like, I don't know, man. Like, like uh, audience attitudes uh, and, and their sort of and, and adversity towards this, you know, sort of, you know, big corpo like influence and, and cynicism like EA, like I think that's really valuable. Like the audience should be ad adverse to that stuff and skeptical of that stuff. And like if, if, if this stuff starts, <laughs> I don't know, if this shit starts spreading among, uh, you know, among gamers, like that's, that's uh, frustrating to say the least. Oh yeah. Well, I really hope that, that, you know, these, so yeah, to, to, to sort of bring that back, I think, yeah, you can sort of see the, uh, the expectations at play there and, and hopefully with time. I, I got what those guys were saying. That's such a gross oversimplification. I was so angry, like as a, as a developer, I was like really angry. It was everything I could do to not like wade in and like, you know, start a pointless argument with these fucking people. <laughs> oh, but then I'm just like, you, you gotta think. It's like, it's like, you know, it's just, it's just a waste of fucking time. Like these, these fuckers, they're, they're, they're not gonna fucking, <laughs> they're not gonna come around. <laughs> Right. I mean, uh, well, just before we move on, some obvious things. First off, not the whole team of Visceral is working on was working on the Callisto Protocol. That's a few devs from that team. It's not like Visceral remade. Am I correct in that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So like saying, oh, Dead Space Free is all Visceral's fault and Callisto Protocol all Visceral's fault. No, it's not all the same people. First off. No, and it's just a fucking shallow way to look at, you know, you know, a body of work. Of course. <laughs> like, of course. Gamers as a demographic uh, are, I don't, they excel at the, uh, at the shallow. I, I can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that's an oversimplification. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm well, there's certainly, there, there is I'll certainly a pro like a like a demographic within the gaming community that is sort of proudly know nothing right like uh there was a whole thing with the gamergate too is like i mean there's a whole undercurrent of that about like st the place of story in video games and like how unimportant it is Just of course it's because you know obviously you know you know a point gun, gun go boom, enemy die, right? That, that's all we really want. That's now. video game. <laughs> but that is so boring. Yeah, well, uh, that's the way it goes. Anyway, I'm, uh, anyway, you know, been rant for ages. Uh, I played some things, and it was recently my Ooh. birthday, so I had gotten some presents. Um, the only, out of everybody here, the only game that I haven't touched 
that was gifted to me is uh, the point and click that you gifted. I forgot the name already. What was it called? Oh, it's The Longest Journey. The Longest Journey. That's right. That's the only one that I haven't uh, touched yet. And I do plan on on t- touching that soon. When you when you do, you, lo- you let me know. I'd love I to. Any, any one of these games, Longest Journey, Grim Fandango, I'd love to just sort of sit and watch you play yeah, like it's a Watch movie. me suffer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I'll start with Josh's first, uh, just because he... Uh, Hasn't said anything for about seven minutes. Um, Josh gifted me Evil West. And speaking of point gun, shooty, shooty, bang, bang. uh, (laughs) That game is very much kind of that. Well, not that there's not a place for that. No. We we wouldn't want Dust Dev, Dave Zemanski to feel unwelcome on the show. The the gist of that game, though, that the, the vibe I was getting is that it was very old school in the fact that you know i mean we're so used to like open worlds now and this is like much more on the rails type of shooter and, yeah. and heavier on the story but that's not a bad thing right like that's how games used to be speaking of nostalgia like we were talking about earlier yeah no you're right <laughs> like it's absolutely scratching that itch it's like in a very good satisfying way it's like oh here's the little connective hallways between the arenas essentially and uh when you whenever you jump over a thing and it's a big empty space you know Oh, this is where I'm gonna have to fight some people. But they just they do such a good Am I the only one? No, Ryan, you've also played Evil West. I right? have also played Evil West. Yeah. Fucking fantastic game. Like easy yeah. top ten of twenty twenty two. It's uh man. I mean it's kinda stupid in a way. Like the story is kinda silly. But oh yeah, then, it's so they're, goofy. They're, <laughs> they're tackling it pretty well for it being about like a bunch of vampire hunter cowboy people mm-hmm. that are essentially it's the kind of, like, of the US government. That's kind of like, uh, what's that Tarantino movie? Is it Until Dawn? Is that what's called? No, no, that's the video. Dust Till Dawn? Dust Till Dawn, yeah. yeah. See, my brain's all squirted up right now. Um, but that's what kind of, that's what kind of, uh, reminded me of narratively, just kind of, you yeah. speaking of like cowboy vampire shooters, you know? <laughs> um, I'm not too far in. I, I guess I could check on Steam. Maybe Ryan might be curious. Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, I'm only like 90, almost 100 minutes in, so just over an hour and okay. a half or so. Um, but I am, uh, where am I? <sighs> I don't remember the names. The, uh, the, there was a, let's just, a Zeppelin just exploded and I'm. Oh, okay, okay. So you're on the, like, that. third chapter. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, but I, I don't know. There's something just so, so, like, old timey and satisfying about, like, oh, now you've unlocked the, uh, the repeater. And now, you know, and the, I don't know. There's something about it. How they, how they roll out en- enemy types too, I was reading. Yeah. It's kind of like in, in that old fashioned way where it's like, okay, you're kind of like working, your, you're ramping up to these new enemy types and we're giving you the stuff that you need for them. And it's got some like doom in it too, like new doom where it gives yes. you essentially the, the glory kill mechanic is there um, to get health back. And each one of your little moves has like uh, a variety of ways to use it that has different applications, which is pretty cool. Um, and they're really selling the fantasy. Like you get this, uh, this revolver and you can't aim it and shoot it. Like, you know, like you would expect, uh, it's essentially just like an ability that you can use. You can like hold the button to fan the hammer and just like go crazy. Or you can like, you know, hit the button one at a time to shoot single shots. It's more of a crowd control thing I'm finding so far. Anyway, I don't have any like the damage upgrades for it. Uh, but man, uh, I don't know if I've publicly thank you josh for getting me that game but yeah man that was a fantastic gift i've really enjoyed it so far 
Um, so yeah, that's Evil West. Who does that? What, Flying Wild Hog. Yeah, same guys who made the Shadow Warrior reboot games. Like, oh, Josh, didn't they're you great. The Shadow Warrior. <laughs> was that the game with the sword thing that you were like? I was pretty. I was pretty <laughs> weird. I don't know. I, hate is a strong word, but it right. was. It was a. Uh, Bear in mind, I was. I was the only one not playing with you guys. I was in the call, just kind of listening. <laughs> so I had no context for why you were freaking out, but I was just. I, I have that memory. I, I don't fully remember, but I do remember being kind of grumpy about it. It was a menu thing. You were uh, you were really frustrated by the upgrade menu. I think. Maybe, yeah. Uh, that sounds like something I would be. <laughs> this does have some jank. The Evil West game absolutely has some jank, but it's mm-hmm. so far pretty inoffensive, and uh, I'm still really early in, so I guess we'll find out. But yeah, so far I'm digging it. Um, I am so happy to hear that. And not just that, the wonderful thing about Evil West, it's it's one of those games that literally just gets better the longer you play it. <laughs> I can believe that, the way they're sort of doling out uh, upgrades and things. Um, yeah, I don't know, I'm just really looking for It's been like a game that I've been itching to get back to. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of other games, I guess, uh, or gifts, Ryan gifted me <laughs> Papers, Please. And I know that Woo! I think every, everybody here is pretty oh, positive about that that's game. that's a great game. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I finally started it, and I'm pretty early in that as well. Uh, I forget how many days in I've gotten. Shit, holy shit, shit that game is stressful. hard. It gets stressful. Hard. Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me let me bring it up for the video show people. Papers, please. This is a Lucas Pope game. Um, and I think that's why. Well, Ryan, I guess you're the one who wanted me to play this. Uh, so why, why did you? Why this game? You haven't played it, right? No, but I've watched other people play You've it. Never played Papers, Please. I w- I have every intention of playing it. I have every the intention judgment. to play myself. <laughs> I've watched a lot of other people play it. The thing about this Papers, Please, poser is ass ju- bitch ain't played Papers, Please. <laughs> it's a, it's like a classic at this point. It is, it is, and I recommend it to everybody, even though I haven't played it myself. Believe me, I, I know it's great. I know it's great. Uh, the why I. Uh, personally recommended the game to you and wanted to gift it to you, man. Um, two reasons. One, it's a very unique game. I can't think of anything else like it. It's one of those games where, like, you ca- kind of have to play because of, yeah. like, how different it is from everything else. You can't find another experience it's, like this on the market. It's one of those... Well, there, there are a lot of games actually like it, but it's one of those games that have spawned, you know, n- not knockoffs, but, you know, like, uh, alike games uh, about it. I don't know if I'm playing it wrong or if I'm just bad or if it's like a combination of the two. But man, my son has died. Uh, I, I, I am hit. I have hit I, yeah, my my uh, God, I think I, I've hit. I found the first ending. It's like one ending of 20. I found I've hit that ending probably three or four times now. And it's the one that you get whenever you just go into the negative and the government's like, we don't like poor people. Uh, <laughs> too real too real yeah i haven't even gotten any like the fun stuff where you're like sort of you know you get to decide where your loyalties are kind of lying and you get to make choices and stuff like that i'm just struggling with the basic like oh shit i gotta look at all this stuff oh, that matches that matches okay and doing that under a time pressure uh is really something else but uh once you get, once you once you get the hang of it though and you get to that point yeah, it's it, it gets stressful, but it's it's uh, it really puts you in it, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's I got I that sense. I liked that. Like, I don't know. I know when it gives you the newspaper every day, 
it just basically gives you some headlines and maybe a tiny bit of text. Um, but I something the about the routine of it is really uh, immersive to me. Like I'm waking up, reading the paper, maybe something in the paper matters to what's going to happen today. You know, you never know. Then you walk to work, you do the whole thing. Um, I don't know, it absolutely sells the fantasy for me. And, and it hits me in weird ways too. Like the way they sort of... Uh, employ morality at least so far to me has been very impressive oh yeah i love how it's not so cut and dry sophisticated uh, Ah, exactly that's the second reason i got the game for you is the whole moral aspect of it how it asks you like really interesting questions of what were you if you were in this position what would you do well see i got scared so early on because my son died miserably as i couldn't pay for his medicine (laughs) so i was like you know what like them's the that's how it works, baby. Mm. Like, sorry, I can't let you in. Uh, I got to make money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Got to get that medicine. But I thought it was really cool that it it did that to me where it was like, you know, it's it took me out of the, oh, it's just a game. But it kind of put me into this, like, what would you really do? Like, oh, well, I don't want my kid to die. So, like, let's get as many people in or out or whatever as we can. Uh-huh. I'm not doing you any favors. Come on. Like the one guy who's like, my wife's behind me. Be nice to her. I'm like, nope, sorry. She's like, I'll die if you send me back. I'm like, sorry, bitch. Like, <laughs> and I never even factored in that like you're allowed to fuck up. You get like two warnings every day. Um, mm-hmm. so that I does totally eat into your money though. When a game, when a yeah. game can like engineer your behavior at that level, like that yeah. to me is like the holy grail of of game design. Yeah, I really, I don't know. The, I'm still the, pretty early in, but I've it's made a, quite an impression on me. The music in that game, though, I, I really love that music. Oh, yeah. Man, the early 2010s, though, in general, that uh, was a good time for for those kinds of indie games. Just like really interesting, unique quality. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of those guys like like Lucas Pope, right? There, there was like a big exodus from AAA. So like, is he the Oberdin guy? Yeah, he's the Oberdin guy. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. That's why. He, he, you, I think you were the first person to recommend Papers, Please to me, like last year or maybe the year before, um, because I was playing Oberdin and really enjoying it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Now I, I have not. I've played only a little bit of Oberdin. I haven't finished it, and I, I did bounce off of it. Um, but, but I, I do have a lot of respect for that game as an idea, and I, I would like to try and finish it at some point. It may have been that I just didn't try to play it at the right. Yeah, it's uh, there are some games like that where like you got to be in that, you know, the mood. Yeah. And if you're not, then it's not going to hit like it should. I think that that one would fall under that category. Yeah. It's the same reason I can't get through Paradise Killer, even though I'm the one that recommended <laughs> that to you. And then you went on to play it, love it, and then recommend it back to me. And I still, <laughs> haven't, and I still have not played it. Uh, well, I played it, a little it bit. Oh, man. That game is super good. At some point, when you're when you're ready, yeah. it's like take back. I mean, it's got so much going for it. <laughs> well, I've tried. I've it's got to be three times now. I've tried. I've like reinstalled it, booted it up, started over, and every time I hit a part, it's just when like everything kind of opens up, and you can move around more freely. Uh, I always hit a <laughs> hit a point where I have to come to terms. Where like, man, I'm just not in the mood for this. Like, I can tell this is good. <laughs> But I'm not doing it justice by not being in the, you know, like the right headspace or. Yeah, something. well, it, it'll it'll be there. It'll be yeah, there. Yeah, I'm. Right. I can't wait to get into that because I love. I also games. 
Oh, yeah. What were we going to say? Sorry. I was just going to say, I also bumped the fucking soundtrack to that game oh, all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. All these the, these games, I don't know what you would call them. These like one-off games, the games that kind of have a secret for you to explore and learn. And once you learn them, then, you know, that's it. Uh, they always seem to have banger soundtracks. I don't, I don't know what. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's what I've been playing. I've played some other things, but I figured since you guys were generous enough to, to gift me things for my birthday, that I at least owed it to you guys and to those games. You know, just talk about them a little bit. Yeah, happy birthday, man. Everyone in chat, wish Casey a happy birthday. They did. Thank you. You're or, old no, get fucked. In chat? Literally. You mean down below? I'm not streaming. Yeah, right. in the co I'm not, comments. In the comments or wherever you can post. Uh, wish him a happy birthday on the on the link tree. Like, just wish Casey a happy birthday. Unless you give me a $50 donation, don't bother. I'm just fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, Call him yeah. at home. Wish him a happy birthday. Don't stop. <laughs> Call me repeatedly. Um, yeah, we can move on. Um, I, I feel like I've done, done a lot of talking in the last 10 minutes, but it is my turn to do an indie shout. I figured I would, uh, I would go ahead and do that. Um... It's a game called CrossCode. Heard of this? Yeah, if you're unfamiliar with this, take your, you know, look it up if you can, just to get kind of get a visual. Um, I'm, I'm gonna do the same for the video viewer people. I think you recommended this to me because it's on my wish list. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think where you land with this game is going to depend a lot on sort of your nostalgia level for those like old Super Nintendo RPGs. Um, I'm thinking like Secret of Mana, even even some like uh, Link to the Past. There's like, there's elements of that in there. Um, what else? I, I mostly think Chrono Secret of Mana. I this is a game that we covered on in this. on Indie Game Riot. Oh, oh, you covered this on Indie? Yeah, it's been, a, it's been, yeah. a, it, it, it had a very long early access run, but I believe they recently, like within the last year or two, uh, released in 1.0 and it's uh, from the looks of it. It has very positive reviews um, Like almost 12,000 of them. So I mean good for them, but uh It's uh, like 20, it's an action 2d action RPG. So like you're moving around and actually physically doing combat 2016 so, recovered it. So it was definitely an early access. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it had my understanding is that it had a very long like an unusually long early access um campaign but this game was recommended to me by um i don't know if i've ever brought him up on the podcast but my cousin chris uh he's like been my childhood sort of hero guy i always looked up to him he a lot of my gaming taste early on was because of what he was exposing me to um and he recommended this game to me i think he gifted it to me a couple of years ago um but it absolutely deserves some attention if you're not uh familiar check it out i think it's pretty affordable too let me scroll down here there is a demo by the way um and you can play the demo offline that's uh, a thing they wanted to stress but it's 20 bucks us i'm sure it goes on sale every now and then developed by a... radical fish games that's your 90s <laughs> dj alter ego <laughs> Hell yeah um uh, the pixel art style too. is gorgeous yeah, it looks great yeah it looks great if you're into that like that super nintendo sort of secret of mana uh that style it it really nails it 
It has a lot of puzzles and stuff in it too, which might, oh. uh, yeah, like I, that was what caught me off guard about it the most. I haven't finished it, so I don't know how, how well it wraps up by the end, but, um, all the reviews I've read for it have said very positive things about the story and the story conclusion even. And apparently there's DLC for it too. I'm, I'm not really sure, but yeah, uh, check that out. That's our indie shout this week, but I guess, uh, that brings us into, uh, we haven't called it the cover story in so long, but uh, we're doing a Dead Space cover story uh, this week, Dead Space remake. Ryan watched me play the whole thing. Yes. Um, Ian played the whole thing. Josh, you had watched somebody play at least some of it, right? Like I'm assuming you haven't played it. Watched up until a certain point. Uh, chapter seven or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you oh, okay. played the game before, right? The original, yeah. 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 So we can. You're comfortable with like full spoilers, everything like that, Josh? Yeah, yeah. You're good. <clears throat> okay. So what I've been. <laughs> I know how Ryan feels about the remake because he's been with me the entire time I was playing it. Uh, Ian, I'm yeah. curious to hear your thoughts about this. Um, since you. You're like a big fan of the original. I do like Dead Space a lot, yeah. I'm not yeah. like, I don't know, like Ryan or Beard, like 50 <laughs> playthroughs of every game or anything <laughs> like that. Um, it's only. But, but I really do love, the, the first game was really, I don't know, inspirational to me. I, I played it just when I was starting to pivot from focusing on film to like really looking at video games as a creative medium for myself. And you think, uh, you think Dead Space itself actually had something to do with that? Like there's I mean probably it was probably one of you know one of many. I mean that's about the same time that I've like got around to playing Far Cry 2 as well. Yeah. I didn't play that game in real time. Um, cuz I was like a PC guy when I was younger uh, and it wasn't until I went I and I I played like uh, some PlayStation games at my friend's house and like Super Nintendo at a friend's house. Um, but mostly it was just like you know stuff like Half-Life or uh, the point clicks obviously and then in college i started playing you know uh, more you know console games more regularly and i got you know i, I ended up you know inheriting like a common spaces uh, uh xbox 360 when everybody just left and nobody took it right we'd all like chipped in on it and nobody took it so <laughs> i i got it and that was like my big console playing phase and like dead space was like a big you know a big moment. wasn't yeah, that like it wasn't Dead Space kind of like a, a cult hit when it first came out? Like it, it took some time to like actually catch on, if I remember correctly. Uh, it may have. I don't know. I didn't play it in in real time. I played it. Uh, I played it probably in 2012. So I guess four years after it actually came out. Has it been that long? Holy shit! Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know. I do know. Interestingly enough, because I, I checked, it seems that the remake and the original got exactly the same metacritic scores on exactly the same platforms I damn funny coincidence interesting yeah. um but i liked i you know i enjoyed my time with the remake uh, a lot i mean in in you know uh, in so many ways i don't i don't mean this derisively in so many ways it is the original game you know um and that is really really awesome because you know, seeing that uh, experience and realized uh, with the high res graphics and, you know, the various 
you know, small tweaks to, to game feel and, and quality of life is really good. And the, and the core of it is still great, which is like a huge testament, I think, to this game design. Because um, mm -hmm. so much of it was able to stay the same. Uh, and, and, you know, be successful, which, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to, to see that those old principles, because uh, cause I do think that the fact that it hews so close to the original gives the entire thing a sort of old school sensibility and it's a level design um, and encounter design and mission structure and all of that stuff. Um, I have to admit the, the new content for the most part, didn't really land with me. I didn't think it was like awful. Um, I just, it just felt very unnecessary uh, to me personally. The one thing that- Do you have an example? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, a few examples, I guess, but like the, the biggest one was I didn't, <clears throat> didn't find uh, the way they expanded uh, Elizabeth Cross and uh, uh, Tennant, um, Jacob Tennant. Oh, Temple. To be terribly, Temple, Temple, Temple. Temple to be uh, terribly compelling. Um, and I didn't really like the way that Elizabeth Cross appeared at like a major twist at the end when you like realize Nicole isn't real. Like I've been talking to a ghost basically in, in the original game, that was it. Like you were literally communicating with your, with your consciousness, your psyche. Right. And it was like guiding you and, and sort of, uh, uh, aiding you in delivering the market of the pedestal. Um, but in this game, it's like, no, you've been like transferring on, onto this other character and she's been transferring onto you. And, you know, I, I read something that said that they had like that wanted, they wanted to make that change in order to uh, offer more context and, you know, make it more realistic why, you know, you know, this specter would be able to like open doors and stuff. I sort of feel like that's a problem that didn't need solving. Like the marker is weird. It's okay if the marker is weird. Um, and the actual character, characters themselves and sort of following their, their little love story a little more closely, uh, it just didn't really, I don't know, it didn't energize me in any particular way. Like I say, I mean, I'm not saying it's like crap. Um, it just felt, it sort of felt like what it was, which was like, you know, additional content in an already, you know, completed experience. Um, the one thing that I did, I, and I, this surprised me because I went in, okay, so I went in knowing that Isaac was going to talk. Um, I went in basically not really caring about this one way or the other because he talked in Dead Space 2 and he talked in Dead Space 3. Um, a colleague had like said something strange to me that, that like, you know, he was like really upset by the, by the, by Isaac talking. Um, and that seemed weird to me when he said it. I was like, that's weird. I, I think I mentioned it to you, Casey. I think I said that it struck yeah. me weird. I didn't expect having much of an issue with it. But I have to say, I actually came out of it being really negative on giving Isaac a voice in this. And part of it is that, I don't know, he just didn't, I just didn't feel like he was adding much to the conversations. Uh, I also didn't feel like he was I didn't, I didn't feel like they had fully realized his voice in that, like, 
if he's if he's gonna have a voice now, like why doesn't he initiate all of these like comms communications, right? That's like, what I was gonna hey, say. Hey, I solved the objective, right? No, it's still Hammond who like phones him. It's like I psychically detected that you saw. It's, it's all, I mean, it's like he got shoehorned into the to the dialogue script, right? Like yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like to me. Um, although, although I will take a, a quick uh, 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 diversion here to talk about one thing that I did like, one additional kind of piece that I did like, which was I liked, um, liked the Chen and uh, and Hammond stuff. I thought that was that was nice, and it gave Hammond a little bit more to more to do. That was that was that was a nice choice. Um, but my biggest problem with giving Isaac a voice is that and having him take off his helmet ahead of to reveal his face ahead of time is that uh, first of all, I love the way in the original game. Because he's a silent protagonist, you get to the major psychological reveal, right? Oh, Isaac is being influenced by the marker. He's going insane. Um, or maybe maybe he was always a little insane, you know, not watching to the end of that video, like living in denial, uh, you know, whatever. And you get to that point and you realize that this guy that you've been identifying with this whole way and, you know, ascribing whatever sort of heroic qualities you are, you're like, holy shit. I don't know this motherfucker at all. Like, who is this guy? He could be anybody. Um, and there's something really that was really effective for me on a meta level uh, with Isaac's silence in that, and the way it lends to the overall air of, of isolation and solitude. And then, of course, you know, the big moment where he sits down in the shuttle at the end and takes off his helmet. Um, it like it's like it's it, you know it has so much impact in the in the in the first uh, in the original game, but it becomes sort of a you know meaningless blocking in the in the ending of this one. As I thought the final that. 10, 15 seconds of the game, the remake, were the weakest in the entire game. Um, the the like the cheap sort of jump scare ending. Um, yeah, I mean for me for me that. Oh, that whole sequence was very effective in, in the original, but it requires a certain way of orienting yourself to the character. And when he's like walking around and shouting and dropping F-bombs and like, you know, communicating with other characters, very hard to keep that, uh, you know, to, to deny the audience's interiority in a way that makes that shit. I guess why is it okay for that voice and that's, I guess that, I don't know, that questioning connection with Isaac that you get in the original Dead Space 1. Why is it okay for that to not be present in the original Dead Space 2 and 3? For me, for me, the answer would be that you can't do it again. Um, you know, uh, and then the, the, the second, uh, you know, you know, once you once you sort of pulled that trick, I don't think you can keep it going necessarily. But the other side is that I think that um, whereas Dead Space was not originally designed with Isaac speaking in mind, uh, the second and third games were. And so right. he feels, you know, sort of less, you know, tacked on. Um, it's interesting to hear you talk about this because um, basically everybody's talking about the remake. Everybody that I know is talking about the remake from a perspective of, you know, being a big fan of the original and, you know, just seeing the remake through that lens where I played very little of the original. So this was essentially, this was my, uh, I guess 
introduction to this game in particular. I played much more of the second Dead Space. Um, but man, I just loved it, like top to bottom. Uh, I didn't get any of that. Any of that, like, maybe not negativity is not the right word, but just, just that kind of that pause to to celebrate things like Isaac speaking or the the additional content maybe being weaker than the existing content. Um, I never like I never knew what was new, what was old, unless unless I asked Ryan and he told me, mm-hmm. and he was just pumped the entire time. So I thought, oh yeah, <laughs> so, so, I don't know. I just felt like I had this cheerleader. He was like, <laughs> this is new and this is cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really, really is. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Ian actually has some like fair points. Like to consider like the the merits of the original Isaac not talking, and I never consider what you just said there about Isaac initiating conversations, because that's actually very true. And, and something he does it like, a couple times in the remake. He doesn't. Aye, aye. Most of the time, he does not. Exactly. And, and, and since I just like I, I haven't told you guys this. Uh, after I finished uh, recently for the podcast replaying Dead Space One, I started replaying Dead Space Two. And now that Ian's brought this up, like, it's made me realize, yeah, in Dead Space 2, Isaac is constantly the one initiating conversations. So it's like, it's a very interesting point you uh, you make there, Ian, about the differences in writing, in structure, and in intention. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, sorry I interrupted there, uh, Casey, please continue. I mean, I wasn't going anywhere specific. Um, I just think it's it's just really interesting to me that this being my... You know my first steps into dead space one really um other than maybe i don't know two hours josh how far did we get like the only time i ever played dead space was with you and we were passing the controller like back and forth and i'm pretty yeah, sure we I, it was before the it was before I've, the baby room like where the, the i baby very necromore. i very specifically remember the medical area yeah, uh, like we, it was, it was scary as shit. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we didn't get to, like super far into it. I I did. That's all I ever played of that game. So um, it was a very positive experience for me. Um, there were some weird little bugs occasionally, uh, like near oh, the yeah. end. Um, when you're on Aegis Seven itself, and uh, you're like fighting your way to the moment. Actually, it's that that arena, that final arena. Yeah. With the uh, the tentacles that pop out periodically, I had yeah. one that just decided it can't be damaged, <laughs> so like I couldn't do anything. Like I couldn't, nothing I <laughs> could do to it would kill it. I had to basically let it kill me and start over. It was so wild and so strange. It was very <laughs> weird. I still don't know um, how that happened or like what could have triggered it. Um, Ryan, the, you said the, that it could have been. Yeah, uh, the the only thing I can think of is the force gun secondary fire, the gravity well. I can only imagine that did something to the hitbox. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, so no, that's, a, that's a good guess because I accidentally fired the the gravity well secondary fire of the, the force gun. Um, oh, man, but it, the fact that it would like alter the tentacles so much, like to that you... degree. Did you play with pretty much all the weapons or did you have like a specific like one or two that um, you stuck with? I, I, pl- I tried to play with everything. Um, I did wind up with favorites like uh, well, I won't go through the ones that I loved the most because there's way like I loved most of the weapons. The ones that I didn't touch the most were probably the uh, hell's the name of that gun, Ryan. The one with the, the contact beam. Yeah, yeah the, that one. The laser, I, yeah. I, the laser is good, good for too. like big bosses. It worked. I just never found myself using it. 
Um, but I love the line gun, especially mm -hmm. with those new laser trip mines. Not trip mines, but you know what I mean? Those laser Yeah, yeah, the laser mines. They, it's so crazy. Funny. It's the whole, so The crazy. whole end of the game, I was just walking how, around with like how three was... lasers strapped to a like a physics object, and I was just like kinesising it. How was the enemies. Ripper? I love oh, the yeah. Ripper. Because because I remember playing that playing with the Ripper in the original, and I could not hit anything for for my life. Like it has a very like it, you have it has like a way that you should use it. I think, uh, but it is I a fucking really powerful. I fired the projectile very infrequently. Yeah, you should use it like a fucking weed whacker. Yeah, yeah. that's how I used it. <laughs> it. It was basically like a. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. It was basically a weed whacker. Um, oh man! But then I realized I did, the, that, like, I did my one gun run, which I had never done before for the for the plasma cutter achievement, which was that gun is is so fucking op. Like, that's, that's all you need, man. Stupid! Like, uh, like oh my god! You, By you the fully end, upgrade that shit. Yeah, yeah, it took me like three hits per polyp to fucking take down the fucking hive mind. <laughs> like, oh, damn! And I finished, I finished the game. Of course, if you're, if you're only, you were talking about, you know, the, the ammo concerns, seriously, but if you're only carrying the plasma cutter, then you only get plasma cutter ammo. <laughs> so, like, by the end of the game, I, like, got back on the shuttle after killing the hive mind with, like, 240 rounds. Oh, my God! <laughs> right? He just has like he just has magazines draped. Over That's all I had. By the end of the game, all I had was like plasma rounds and like health packs. Like, <laughs> some space it pack. almost sounds easier to main the, uh, the one gun. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, it was pretty wild. I I, I had never done it before. It. Ryan, is there that in the new game plus? Is there that one? Uh, is the finger gun still in it? Yes, the the finger gun, the hand cannon, is in the Dead Space remake, but you have to beat the game on impossible mode. <laughs> oh shit! I just remember that that was, you want to talk about God mode gun, that thing. You just isn't that how he makes like actual like pew pew noises too? Yes, yes. <laughs> pew, pew. Voice actor Gunner Wright. That I, I I couldn't find the YouTube video, but there's a video of him doing the voice acting for the the hand cannon where he's literally just going bang bang pew pew into the microphone and it's adorable <laughs> something i found like a little easter egg is that uh no i didn't find this while i played i found this like after i beat the game and i was looking at you know content about the game mm -hmm. um there's uh i don't remember where this is on the on the ship itself but there's like a room with like a pentagram on the floor and a big screen oh yeah yeah in the break room yeah and it, it, there's something you can do in that to trigger Basically, in uh, uh, USG Ishimura, the, the sea shanty, the sea shanty, oh, yeah, it's the, yeah, it's yeah, the Wellerman by the Longest Johns. Only it's uh -huh. all the lyrics are done to match the, uh, you know, what's going on in, in Dead Space, and it's actually <laughs> the lyrics are pretty good. It's pretty. Funny. I that's actually another piece of additional content that I enjoyed. I really like those, like tracking down the the, the patterns. You mean for like, like upgrades and stuff, or the no streets? to perform the like rituals in the circle? You know, uh, did I miss this? What is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, so to get the to get the the sea shanties, you have to perform uh, like a certain order of stomps and punches, mm. right? And so, so the first the first one is is sort of around the circle. It's just you just sort of follow that. That doesn't give you the sea shanty. I don't think there's another one. So, but you can find these like painted on the walls around uh around the ship just like feet and hands 
Um, and if you like go and plug them into the into the ritual circle, it'll give you objects. You can get like some nodes out of it too. Oh, cool! I didn't know that. You just found this all on your own? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I would have been so there, happy. There maybe tons of other stuff too. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I could imagine them hiding shit all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a huge incentive. Like, well, they already say this in the marketing material, but there's a whole ass secret ending in New Game Plus where a new collectible is added to the game in New Game Plus. And if you find all the collectibles, you get a brand new secret ending. That's cool. Right, right. right. I, I was somebody was saying that it, it's supposed to connect Dead Space 1 and 2 better. I, I, I spoiled myself on it because like I was very interested in like, yeah, it really does seamlessly line up with Dead Space 2. It, it's like it, there's actually a lot of love for Dead Space 2 in the Dead Space remake. I find having just recently like yesterday playing Dead Space 2, like go, playing the original and then going to 2 and watching Casey p play the remake. It's made me realize, God, all these games, they're so similar, but so different. Like. For example, in the original Dead Space, Kinesis was mostly just used for getting items from far away, solving puzzles. You could rarely ever use it in combat besides throwing explosive containers. Whereas in Dead Space 2, everything's a fucking weapon and you can uh, kill Necromorphs with Kinesis. And they brought back that aspect of Dead Space 2 into the remake. Which well, is the upgrades Kinesis power here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh... You can throw the claws though. You've always been able to do that. That's that you pin you pin the fuckers against the wall. That's the oh, that, that's the play. Yeah, but uh, that's not in the original Dead Space though, because I was trying to play original Dead Space. Like Casey was playing Dead Space remake, and it was not going out. <laughs> turning well, I like I threw saw fan blades at them. Didn't do yeah. shit. Like it's crazy. And then going into Dead Space too, like. You break any object in the environment, it makes a pole that you can throw at necromorphs. You cut off one of their arms, then you take their claw, throw it at necromorphs. Like, it's it it. I really love how they've taken like the best aspects of Des Dead Space Two and put that into remake. Dead like, Space Two, actually, I I thought that was better than the first one, uh, just in general. I think that's Personally, a pretty. I, yeah, I think that's a widely held opinion scarier i, I, love, uh, I love dead space too i uh but it's very hard for me to separate the two of them because i basically played them back to back and yeah I, yeah i, I totally like get they that. operated as a unit so well but dead space 2 is amazing i mean the sprawl is such a fucking cool oh setting. it really <clears throat> i forgot so much having replayed dead space 2 i forgot so much of just how absolutely stunning the environments are and how much environmental storytelling there is yeah. like it's so immersive and like oh i can totally see this like really existing in the far future this space colony and how it operates all the marketing all the posters all the job adverts all the, like yeah it's so good it's so good <laughs> speaking of kinesis oh um, yeah that was my <laughs> i think uh that was my number one uh most like offensive uh combat uh tactic basically mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure i used kinesis more than any of the weapons any one weapon yeah that's fair to say it's that's a good way to save ammo yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah and kinesis is so fucking strong like i yeah very good that's actually uh <clears throat> definitely a, a good place to uh, compare callisto protocol because callisto protocol basically takes the kinesis mechanic straight out of dead space and and you know, makes it a major part of their combat loop. Uh, it's uh, called grip, right? In it Calisto? is called grip. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
I mean, I, I, I think they, I think both games uh, uh, do it really, uh, uh, do it really well. But like Callisto, definitely like it leans into it heavily. There's like there are entire rooms full of like spinning fan blades and grinding rotors that you can just literally grab space zombies and like launch them into <laughs> like spike walls and shit. Um, that shit's uh, definitely very cool. So coming from that, being like super amped on Kinesis and coming into Dead Space, I was also very, yeah, very inclined to use. <laughs> yeah, this whole experience has got me itching to uh, to continue with Dead Space, but I, I ran into that kind of uh, bummer, bummer yeah. issue with my PC CPU being like, I guess, too modern for to just run Dead Space 2 normally, like I have to do some tinkering. I'm to too work. good for you. Basically, yeah. It's so um, stupid. It's, it's so probably, stupid. It's probably an easy, easy fix. I'm probably just being a crybaby about it. So um, it, I do want to play through it. It shouldn't be a thing, so. though. It shouldn't be a thing, though. But here's the thing. Like, it kind of makes sense because you look back at the older Dead Space games, EA has neglected them so much with the exception of of the remake. Like, but, like the doing some research here, Dead Space 2 got really fucked over by EA. So, for example, there's a bunch of exclusive DLC content that is unique to the last-gen consoles and are exclusive to the last-gen consoles. There's story, like a bonus story campaign DLC that's just not available on PC. It, 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 is, it, it's... it is weird that, like, part of the promo materials for Dead Space 1 Remake was that if you pre-order this, you get a free copy of Dead Space 2. It's just it's <laughs> yeah. so weird to doesn't me. doesn't work. Yeah, it's so weird to me that they're going to give you this game that, you know, doesn't just fucking work. That has Thanks, I'll, like EA, man. I'll look at it <laughs> on my <laughs> Steam library. Oh, I have some news that's not Dead Space related, I guess, but uh, I have some EA news. The other day, I was just kind of sitting around. It was after I, uh, I beat Dead Space and I uninstalled it, and, and I was just uh, looking Fuck at this game. it. Was, I was looking at Game Pass and then all the EA Play things that are on there. I was like, you know, I really need to figure out this this EA password situation. Uh, for those who don't know, I had a whole it was a whole fucking thing where like I had to talk to customer service and I, I changed my password. I think literally like ten plus times at God their damn. request. They're like the only solution they ever offered me was, hey, let's try to reset that password again. Um, <laughs> And I would just keep typing in the correct info and it would not work. Anyway, so after all that, uh, I decided to use some spare time. I was like, you know, I'm going to contact EA customer support uh, and try to figure this thing out. And I did. And they basically, because it was still working. It was like, it was, my Steam account was connected to EA. So it was letting me play things like Dead Space Remake. Um, but if I actually tried to log in to my EA account anywhere, I was still getting that error. So I, uh, and I like Jedi survivors coming up and I don't want to fuck around when that game comes out. Like I want to play it. I don't want to. Oh to, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So apparently if I logged in on the EA app on the computer, if instead of, I didn't even see this option before, but there's an option to sign in with your EA ID uh, as opposed to your email address. And uh, the guy asked me to do that. And I didn't know what my EA ID was. He had to tell me. And it was Whizfish. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it just worked. Oh, shit. It just worked. Yeah. And then I, I went and tested it out on the browser. It worked. 
And I asked the guy, I was like, hey, you know, I'm just curious, like, what, what was the problem? Like, why was this? And he was like, it was just a technical issue. Don't worry about it. And then he ended the <laughs> chat. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's with these people? It was like, it makes me think that, I don't know, like they had something, some toggle. Mr. EA was just like, the jig is up. <laughs> code red, code red, terminate <laughs> connection. The conspiracy is real. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I just wanted to let you all know that my EA account is secure, at least for now. Hell yeah, man. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I didn't, didn't mean to go derail that far away from Dead Space. Um, as far as comparisons with Callisto, I guess. I'm trying to think. Here, I mean, like, it's, it's I, really hard. It's really hard to compare the two because, like I say, they're structured so differently. I mean, Do you Dead think Space, they're purposefully different? Because I always got the impression, and your, your say goes here because you played both. Um, but I always got the impression that this Callisto is very much just a Dead Space clone. And it's just yes, failing it's failing to be a Dead Space clone. I mean, they have the same color palette, the same environments. They have similar monsters. They have the, the health watching. bar showing on your suit. Yeah. They have, they have Kinesis. Um, so, like, you can't look at that game and say, they're not trying to be Dead Space, because I think it it's almost hard to say otherwise. But you're yeah, I mean, that's I mean, if they were trying to be Dead Space, if that was the goal, um, then what they wound up with was was definitely not Dead Space, uh, and it was different in in a number of a number of ways. Uh, the first one being that it's very much a linear campaign, you know, classic linear campaign, right? You move from space to space. There's no real doubling back. Um, now that's that said the, the level of sensibility it does exist on a micro scale. So like whereas in Dead Space you'll be presented with a large sort of free roam environment, uh, sort of set up as like a hub and spoke level, where you'll sort of go off on one path towards one objective. You usually have several different objectives that you have to complete. Maybe it's a checklist or something, and you have to go down multiple different pathways that all sort of converge back on the central hub. Um, Callisto does have that, but it's on a much smaller scale uh, because the, the levels are linear. So you'll you'll uh, be sort of moving through the golden path, and then the path you know the golden path will offer uh, points of divergence. Um, one thing that I thought was pretty cool. So like, whereas in Dead Space you have your locator, which I love the, the sort of line that guides where you go. Um, that's not in in Callisto. Uh, instead, what they have are are like I, I don't know what you what you call them. Um, you know, like like things like the symbols that like thieves like leave on the walls of sewers in like fantasy shit, right? Like like little um, like yeah, markers. sort of like thieves can't, but they're specifically markers, right? So you'll you'll come to like a uh, you know a, a, a fork in the path. And you'll like look around for the little drawing that'll tell you like, okay, this way is something, this way is a dead end, right? I it's like the Destiny the 2 uh, Lost Sector symbol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I which I thought was pretty cool. But again, these are like you know, it's very much on a, on a, you know on a smaller scale, but it still has that hub and spoke sensibility. Um, but other than that, you know, I mean, the combat is completely different. Um, that was the people, biggest difference I, I've heard about. It's like very divisive just because of how how much you just have to get used to it. 
Yeah, well, it's it's yeah, it's in, it's entirely different. I've heard people describe the the like the Callisto Protocol's equivalent to cut off their limbs. I'm like not really sure what that is referring to, unless it's maybe there is like a uh, a sort of weak point optional sort of weak point mechanic. Um, but I really like the, the the combat. You know, it's this. It's honestly, it's funny. It's like it's like if if it's like a beat 'em up in a Dead Space costume. Right. <laughs> uh, so you're like moving through this linear level and then you'll like get you'll engage with these enemies and you're like and they're like swiping at you and you're like dodging and ducking and weaving and then you're like getting in your hits when you can. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's so vastly the, the that core loop is so different from Dead Space. Um, there's also some stealth stuff in there. Um, but yeah. Dead Space, obviously, is as as you know, like uh, especially in the remake, it sort of gives you you know full run of the Ishimura. Um, but even in the old ones, you know the the levels were sort of sandboxy in their in their design um, and more labyrinthine. So like oh, a fair bit of backtracking too, and shortcuts that led to areas you had been before. Yeah, and so I I feel like I feel like you know it, I don't know I feel like there's no possible way. That the dev team of or of Callisto Protocol was looking at what they were making and being like, "Yeah, this is totally dead space. This is this is exactly this is." Well, <laughs> there's just no well, way. I, I, I think. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was gonna say I think one big part of that where that's coming from is that a lot of things they did take right out of Dead Space is a lot of like almost almost iconic stuff. Like for and there's it's small stuff. But but it's stuff that people automatically you know equal you know they, they equate with uh, Dead Space like the stomp for instance that's like very much like Isaac oh fuck you know and he does uh, yeah, the same yeah. thing I mean, and and that's what people see even if it's not like a huge part of the game they see the little things like that or like the things that Casey mentioned like the stuff on your back and um you know even even in the beginning of the Callisto protocol i remember there's like on the on the wall someone scrawled like how to kill the things or something like that and it looked just like the thing in dead space or it's like cut off their limbs written in blood you know sure, um, yeah so there's things like that i think people are just automatically like it's dead space when they see that and i get that i i totally understand why somebody would be frustrated and disappointed going into Callisto protocol thinking it was going to be a dead space successor and Honestly, I deprived myself of so much of the marketing of Callisto Protocol that I can't speak to whether there was something deceptive there. Um, How do you you feel Callisto Protocol um, holds up as a uh, as a horror title? I mean, Schofield, what he did interviews uh, during the marketing push for for Callisto. And he was very much marketing this game as like the next scariest game you you'll ever play. And yeah, I mean, I mean, that's always a hard fucking promise to deliver on. I mean, I I would call it a horror game. Like, I think I know? watched a video. I, mean, I thought it was interesting. I wanted to see how you like what your response to this would be. Um, yeah, I think it was Alana Pierce made a video about why Callisto Protocol isn't scary, and she sort of goes through it. She walks around in the game a little bit. Um, but it all kind of boils down to when you're thinking about dead space, um, like an enemy pops out and you, you start moving backwards. 
you know, like the whole object becomes you putting distance between that enemy. You don't want them to get closer because closer is dangerous. But in Callisto, literally, you're walking from one combat encounter to the next. Like it's the only thing you're going towards. And, and you right. know that as you're going, like you're walking down this hallway and you know that this hallway will lead to you punching zombies in the face. And that perhaps that is where this sort of horror disconnect sort of happens. Um, I, it's a fair, it's a fair point. Uh, you know, I don't know for me, for me, horror is, uh, you know, sort of a bigger umbrella than just things that sort of literally make me no, I got afraid, you. I, you know, uh, I agree so with like, that. I would still, I would still classify it. it. It's an interesting point though. And it, it makes me wonder what, what she might think of a game like Condemned, which is very similar. Ah. It does have a reputation for being incredibly scary. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Like if you, if you move away from uh, an enemy in Condemned, they will not engage you. They'll run away from you and sort of wait further ahead to engage you. Um, so, like aggression is like rewarded. Um, Bloodborne as well. I mean, I mean, I think many people classify that as a horror game, and of course, yeah, it see really that. demands uh, aggression. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess one could argue that it's like okay, well, it's it's horror and it's in its aesthetic, but it's not you know horror in its execution, and maybe. Callisto Protocol right. uh, applies there too. For me, though, like where Callisto Protocol delivers on the horror front is that it reminds me so much of like 1980s, like John Carpenter, uh, you know, type splatterhouse sci-fi, uh, and it really nails that. And I don't know. I, I mean, maybe there's people who watch that that kind of stuff, like you know, and get really scared by it, but. For me, it was, I always thought of it more as like, it's a genre that's more about how fucking metal it is <laughs> than like yeah. whether I'm actually going to be like staying up uh, you know, late at night thinking that my like head's going to explode. <laughs> I don't want to misrepresent what, what Alana Pierce was saying either. Like, uh, I don't think her, the purpose of her video wasn't why isn't Callisto Protocol a real horror game? It was more oh, just like, why isn't it? Why doesn't it scare me like Dead Space scares me? I think was more the thesis. Yeah, um, yeah. But I just thought it was an interesting point, and uh, yeah, I, I haven't played well, Callisto, so I, I don't know. To be fair, it's a conversation that has existed a lot around Dead Space as well. Like, is Dead yes. Space actually scary? Um, you know, uh, uh, on Zero Punctuation, Yahtzee, who did not like Dead Space <laughs> at all. Um, like basically game? says that, yeah, like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I only remember how traumatic watching his Dead Space <laughs> review was for me. Because, <laughs> oh, um, I mean, the, the man is not fucking wrong about a lot of the things. I think that he, I think it's an uncharitable reading, but he's, like, not wrong about a lot of the stuff that he says. Um, but he, 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 he gripes about the the fear factor in in the in dead space by saying that dead space doesn't scare it's startles um you know it's not about creating a sense of of like real palpable dread so much as it is about you know knowing that there's a necromorph around the corner that's about to go <laughs> and you know i i'm not saying that that uh, i really agree with that i think yeah I, I don't agree with that at all actually. Yeah. um, um but 
I know plenty of people for whom that experience has been theirs with Dead Space. So I think it, you know, like any, like, like you know, horror and comedy, these like, they're like very highly subjective. And knowing uh, that you're going to get startled adds to that, that like apprehension too. You know, I remember playing Dead Space you know, for the first time and that was like I knew they were gonna pop out of the vents, and every time I would see a vent, and they do that shit in the game on purpose. They have vents all over the goddamn place, and they don't pop out of all the vents, and so you're just paranoid the entire time, and they're always like behind you too, right? So I, there's definitely, you know, apprehension to be had. <laughs> Although I'll be honest, like the only time I feel really, really feel the heat in in Dead Space, as far as just like raw anxiety is um the hunter right uh, okay, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you know you can't kill him he's always he's like the alien in alien isolation yeah uh, he's always like lurking around the corner um for me like i don't know man like like you know jump scares don't automatically turn me off of uh you know of uh, of horror necessarily but they're they're never the thing that's that's gonna get me right oh. so like in in uh, in Callisto, actually did have like an, uh, you know a moment of like the chill moment because it did a jump scare in a way that I really like it. Was it the? It's, it's a completely contextless one. No, it was not that. Um, there's there's a scene. It's not really a spoiler. You're not going to be able to place it, but you come down a ladder. Uh, and it's a very cinematic game, so you know you get a nice little cutscene when you're dismounting the ladder. And as the camera comes around, there's like, like a dormant enemy just like right over Jacob's shoulder. Jesus, and that that got me because those are the types. I always talk about the one in Outlast too, where you like look down at the door handle and look back up, and there's just a face in the window of the door. Like there's yeah, no sound effect. It's just like something you didn't scares. expect to see need to be more of a thing i think yes. quiet, yeah quiet jump scare like the even if it's it doesn't even need a lot of times even the quiet ones rely on proximity uh to get you but to me this is mostly in film i guess but they're they're most effective to me when something you know maybe the camera's panning to the left and suddenly there's like that silhouette of, yeah you know, the monsters or the enemy those quiet moments the where they move from like out of the shadows that you didn't notice at first yeah there was this conversation actually reminds me there's another game that i played i actually played it just before the podcast today oh, shit. a short little game called uh location withheld by a guy named bryce buker who i, I recommend you check him out on, Is that on steam a lot, a lot of cool stuff. uh i got it on itch it might be on steam i don't see um, it on steam but uh, it's an extremely short little horror game, and it had a beautifully executed chill scare just like that. And it was so cool the way he did it, because he sets it up with, like, a cheap jump scare that sort of distracts you. And then he hits you with the real one. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, and he fucking got me. So, like, yeah, power to the silent uh, jump scares, for sure. And to add on to the that, too, there's there's different kinds of hard and scariness right because like in dead space to yeah. you know there there's there's it's not even besides the apprehension and besides the jump scares the way they the way the enemies come at you and the way they pop out 
it creates this sense of like just chaos where you're just like you just pan it's a panic you know the panic yeah. is is the, what's scary because you're just like oh fuck you're you're being surrounded and you're just shooting you know plasma cutter left and right just trying to get clear of all that you know it's not necessarily the the slow burn you know that a lot of people got spoiled with through amnesia or uh you know anything like that right like you're not going to get the same kind of like what's a good example like visage is going to feel very different uh right horror than something yeah like that's that's that dread yeah and i think there's a, i think there's room for both of them and there's not Absolutely. even just two there's so many kinds of horror oh yeah and like ian said uh and i was going to say it before you did but uh it's so subjective it's it's like one of those things that some things are scary for some people not others um or hell subnautica would you know terror right you know? right like i don't think that's scary at all um but some people straight up consider subnautica like a horror game like a horror 100%. game yeah. yeah um so i definitely felt the like the like that that tension again like like i don't know when i think of like being scared I think of like how I felt. I don't remember the last time I was really scared. You know what it probably was? It was probably the ring, watching the ring. There was something about the there images is. in the video that really stuck with me. And I, I was like old enough to like not be scared of shit. Like I was in high school at that point. Probably the last time that I really got like genuinely freaked out. Like I can't sleep because of a fucking horror thing, right? Um, Interesting. But you know, but at the same time, Josh, Josh is like, you know, what a pussy. Well, no, like, I just remember watching that myself, and you know, and, and between me and Ian, Ian's much more, you know. Oh, it's weird. It's yeah, it's, it's a strange one, you know. Um, but, but like, I remember the ring. To me, I was like, it was like just kind of dumb. It, it was, <laughs> I remember people being terrified of the movie, and I was like, this is stupid. But when uh, I was little, like I, thought, I thought Mist was scary. Because like it was just so mysterious and the music was so, yeah, yeah. Like, so ominous, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I used to be, I used to be very easily, easily frightened. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons that I, I, you know, grew to love horror so much, right? Um, but my point is that like, you know, there's still aesthetic and thematic aspects of the genre that like pull me in and, and captivate my mind even you know in spite of that stuff you know and, and uh but i also you know i also like the other side of horror which is like sometimes it's like beating up a fucking space zombie with an electric stun gun like <laughs> you know and shooting them with not one but two different shotguns like uh <laughs> You know, I yeah. can get down with that. And and that's something that's worth saying about, and it's true of both of them, I guess, to a certain extent. I mean, both Dead Space and Callisto Protocol are like B-movies, right? Um, but like, uh, you know, fucking Dead Space's Event Horizon and like, I don't know, Callisto Protocol is like Assault on Precinct 13 in space. <laughs> it's like... Um, those are some so I don't know. damn good comparisons. Yeah, that's that. that well, your yeah. your mileage, yeah, your mileage is gonna vary, I guess, and and you know, I don't know, maybe. That's you know, yeah, maybe Glenn Schofield shouldn't have gone out promising to scare people, but you know, on the other hand, like, what the, how the fuck else are you gonna market right. your horror game? Well, uh, well, I but yeah, I think the I think that the uh, you know it is fair to say that the, the Callisto Protocol is schlocky. Perhaps even schlockier than Dead Space. 
Well, there you go. Uh, Ryan, do you have anything else you want to say about Dead Space? I know you wanted to talk about Dead Space. Aye, aye. Well, since we're on the topic of horror and Dead Space, well, Dead Space, Ian's correct, it is a schlocky game if you you look at it uh, overall. I find the true horror in Dead Space lies in its world building, in its sci-fi premise. Well, he yeah. mentioned he mentioned Event Horizon, and that's actually really apt because mm-hmm. uh, just the, the also the, also the shocking and terrifying. Right? Yeah, I I because the the thing that I love about Dead Space next to just how the game feels like as a video game, the Dead Space games are just fun to play. Like it, it, like I I don't mind a video game not being scary, even even if a game fails as a horror game and doesn't scare me. If it's fun to play. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still going to like, yeah, I enjoyed this experience. I'd recommend it. Um, but the thing about Dead Space, it has such a unique sci-fi world. It's got so many very interesting aspects to it. We have the markers. We have unitology. We have the actual, the necromorphs themselves are such an iconic video game enemy and just like a sci-fi creature design. The idea of like... Evolving a zombie, in a sense, because when you think of a zombie, when you think of an undead human being, you think of like a dude, I don't know, gray skin, covered in blood, Ugh, brains. Kind of felt like, the the enemies that at least I've seen so far in Callisto Protocol were actually kind of boring in comparison. I mean, I mean, you, you, I mean, you can't you can't compete with the Necromorphs, man. Yeah, ah, like, exactly. The Necromorphs are such a cool narrative conceit, and the marker, like very cool stuff yeah i that's and that's that's the scary thing about because this marker this inanimate alien object being in its mere vicinity first of all causes dementia causes homicidal tendencies it turns your everyday people into like into the into these sad husks of themselves into into monsters and as as the chaos erupts and then you get the infectors which manifest from all the corpses and then those infectors go to go to the other corpses and then make your basic necromorphs and then an outbreak happens <laughs> and then you you see what was once like a, a society of people like devolve into a, a slaughterhouse and like the thing about the all, that's great about the Dead Space games is that you get to see different kinds of necromorph outbreaks. You see what happens on a mining ship. You see what happens on a space colony. You see what happens like oh, in Dead Space Free, you get multiple colonies, multiple a ship graveyard. You get an ice planet, and like the, the idea of the necromorph just like you take a human being and then you twist it and you pervert it and you make it into something that like barely resembles a human being, but it's got those little bits and pieces. It's got faces. It's got arms. I hate to throw things against the wall, but I think that what makes the Necromorph so effective is that they are reminiscent of humans. Like you can see when you look at a Necromorph. Yeah. Like you can see the in-between of like you and that and how much that has to fucking hurt. Like, oh yeah, the 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 sound of them, the screaming. Because I was about to mention those uh, those uh, those things that are kind of like blobs on the wall that spit like little things out at you. Yeah, the guardians. They, yeah. The way they scream they is suck. just really disturbing. I it wouldn't be a, a Dead Space cover story if I didn't mention that uh, the infectors. I'm pretty sure that outside of when they were introduced. An infector never infected a corpse during my playthrough because I stepped on every corpse I found. Yes, yes you, do. you have to do that. I yeah. turned them all into so, gibbs. Right. Ryan sat there and watched me probably six, seven minutes solid of me just <laughs> kinesising corpses 
and just stomping them, like piling them high, like six bodies high, just <laughs> fucking stepping on them into a red mush. It and, uh, was beautiful dark comedy, because like, in, oh. in in universe, like it would make sense for Isaac to do this because he's like, once you see the infector, Isaac would be like, shit, every oh, corpse is a possible the, morph. Or is he just a makes crazy it person? Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck my you, piece of shit. My favorites were the ones where, where you'd walk in and there's like a guy who's dying on the floor, like, oh, like crawling towards you, oh, and then he falls over. And then Isaac's just like, fuck you, bitch. He just, <laughs> he just took his last breath three seconds ago. And you're yeah, man, his- poor, poor Dr. Kine. He, he, his, uh, his body didn't last two seconds before it yeah. rocketed all of its appendages off with one boot stop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, oh, I think that was a great send off for, for the space, uh, conversation, Ryan. Um, Hell yeah. And how much you love that series. Oh, I really, really do. I will never understand the hate free got. Never. I'm just putting that out there. Dead Space Free, underrated. Fair, I yeah, said it. Dead Space 3, like Resident Evil 5 and 6. My mind is more open for 3. I'm more oh, willing man. to give it a shot. Dead Space 3 is so much better than Resident Evil 5 and 6. It, it is, yes. but I'm just saying that's the direction they were going in. That's why it gets the, sh- the, the hate, at least for me. Yeah, well, fucking, you know what? Fucking, I was actually, I was reading about this, and it made me think of uh, Casey and I were talking about Callisto and how they expected to sell, like, 5 million copies. Of yeah. Which is, like, kind of absurd for a niche sort of genre game. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently this is, this, like, goes back to, like, like the history of Dead Space and, and EA's handling of it is apparently pretty storied. Like they really thought that it was going to be this like transmedia juggernaut that would just it would be, you know, they, they had comic books, they had tie-in movies, they had the all anime stuff. was the anime that they made was really good actually. Yeah, I mean I, I, a lot of the content was good. I was not a big fan of the Wii rail shooter uh, myself. Extraction, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think it has its lovers. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, the point is that they like, you know, set really unrealistic sales uh, expectations for like Dead Space 3 and then in an effort to like hit those numbers, they like introduced a bunch of like theoretically mass market appeal elements, right? Uh I mean, I guess I guess I can understand the uh, the frustration, but I agree with you. I think that game is fine. Uh, I... you know, it's not as good as one and two. No, but it's fine, and it's got a lot of cool world building stuff in it. Oh yeah, the way they reveal the origins of ne- the necromorphs and like what the the whole purpose of necromorphs are it's it's so terrifying. Like Jesus. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. There you well. go. We got to segue at some point to, uh, to patch notes. Uh, patch notes is part of the show. We actually have some patch notes. We do. We do. Uh, it's part of the show where you can send us in uh, questions or you know whatever, and we will answer them if we want to. If you want to send a patch note in, you can send that to uh, gameslikespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can check uh, in the description. There should be a link to our link tree. It has a form that you can send straight to us. Um, but yeah, send those in and we will take a look at them. Ryan, I believe, put out a call to action in his community. Yes. Uh, we got a bunch that we're not doing. Oh, uh, no. Here's a hot Damn. tip. If uh, <laughs> I'm not going to answer questions about my penis. So, <laughs> so, so don't. Sorry no, to disappoint you. Yeah, now Josh is like, well, I'll take them as they come, answer to be questions. honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are, we're going a little long. We have three questions here. 
Um, so let's not go super crazy with it. I don't want it to be like a three hour episode by the end. And it could be with these questions. Oh, boy. Um, but we got three, oh, I, I think, that, that fit the bill for, for acceptable patch note questions. The first one's from, <laughs> uh, from someone called Wolf. And they ask, uh, my question for everyone is what podcasts does everyone on this podcast listen to? Um, I don't listen to any. How about you guys? Oh, wow. Uh, no. I... I I do. Um, I just don't get a. I just don't have the time to listen to them as often as I would like. But um, probably. Hold on a second. I'm gonna look real quick to see what the name of it is. Uh, it is. Did you have some Ryan while I'm looking at this? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I listen to two podcasts on the regular. Uh, Nad Pod, not another Tupac. Oh. <laughs> Uh, NADPOD, not another D&D uh, podcast. Um, even though I don't play D&D, uh, a lot of D&D content creators are really, just like really fun people and make some really fun content. I also wa- uh, listen to, when I can, Adaptus Ridiculous from YouTubers Bricky and DK Diomedes, where they just talk about uh, Warhammer lore and Joker and silly bullshit. So yeah, I'll listen to a D&D podcast and a Warhammer podcast when I can. There you go. Um, oh, and of course, I listen to this podcast, of course, all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love it if there was like an easy way for me to see all the podcasts that I subscribe to on uh, Spotify. But apparently that's not like, not a available I'm, thing. I'm kind of in the same situation as Josh in the sense that like I don't have time uh, to, to really consume much podcast material. Um, when I did have time, I, I really did. Uh, but this was, God, like 2010, 2011 when I was working like security in a booth 12 hours at go. a time, uh, <laughs> I just listened to podcasts and that's actually how I got into podcasting was cause I thought that it was cool. Um, but, uh, I, occasionally I'll catch an episode of one of, uh, Alana Pierce's podcasts. She does the play watch. Listen, yeah. And that has Troy Baker and Austin Wintery and Mike Bithell, uh, and her. And it's an interesting, it's kind of like, it's, I don't know. It's like what this show will never be. <laughs> in a way like you have all these like kind of industry professionals who are just very uh what's the word industry professional there you go very (laughs) industry professional and uh they just have a you know their perspective is i think is pretty valuable um and it's i don't know it's interesting the the stuff that they they cover is pretty insightful sometimes um but i don't i don't listen to any podcast regularly i just kind of catch a a podcast every now and then um the uh i found the podcast tab finally yeah, the, well, the one i probably listen to the most is uh called hello from the magic tavern um it's uh some like comedy writers and stuff like that but basically it's a uh they it, it's it's all improved but they're all in character of these like this guy that gets like transported into this like fantasy realm and he's Ooh. he basically but he's still able to get like a little bit of wi-fi from the portal they went they fell through so he's able to upload these uh upload these episodes of a podcast through uh his laptop like up into the portal or through the wi-fi something dumb like that but uh so it, you know he plays himself and then there's another guy that's like a a, a wizard and another guy that's like a, some kind of creature or something like that and it's actually pretty funny they do a really good job um uh, improving and everything like that you're gonna just send me a link to that i need to listen to that now <laughs> yeah it's good um and then some some dnd podcasts some podcasts that i've like some like audio dramas i've voiced in i'm and then 
random like sports and comedy podcasts, but the the Hello from the Magic Tavern I probably listen to the most out of everything. Well, there you go. Um, there is a follow up question that's more uh, Ryan centric here. Oh, uh, he says my question for Gamertron is, what's the hardest video you've ever had to put together? The hardest video. Um, who's the person asking the question again? Wolf. Oh, well, okay, Wolf. Thank you, thank you for asking. Um, I'd have to say, off the top of my head, it would have to be my love, death, robot, and robots and video games video. That was an excruciating video. Like I love the final product when it came together, but that was a nightmare to record and edit for. <laughs> That's a solid video. Yeah. Uh, I think it's my recommendation as well. Um, thank you, man. Thank you. You didn't ask like, me, but I'll answer. Uh, like oh, my yeah. Last of Us 2 review is my oh yeah the hardest video you, I ever had to put together. Yeah, you went. We went back and forth on the script for that multiple uh, multiple times. It, it was long. It's the only I, video I've ever done, like review video that's that's hit like the hour territory, hour long. I, and I never want to do it again. And it didn't perform well, so I never will. Um, fair enough. My, fair it's enough, my best man. work, though. So if you, if you're it really here. is. It really. I I can't recommend this enough. Casey's Last of Us Two review, Wizfish's Last of Us Two review. Check it out on the Wizfish YouTube channel. Like it, I don't it's want so Ian good. to ever watch it though, because I feel like oh, <laughs> if I say that that's the best work I've ever done, and Ian sees it, Ian again, Ian's like weird with the Last of Us. So I feel like it would be, like it might end our whole friendship. And I feel like you think I'm, I'm very judgy. I don't know. I'm worried. <laughs> Maybe I don't think you're judgy. Maybe I think I'm judgeable, you know? Maybe uh, that's it. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. yeah. maybe if send us a question uh to dive deeper into that uh psychological phenomenon. Uh the next question we got is from uh Doom Guy. Nice. Uh, and they do say that they're not of the course. real Doom Guy. Of course. Ah, of course. So and I, like, I, I don't coming. care. I don't care though. Yeah. Skip. Um, this is a bit. This is this could easily turn into a podcast episode in and of itself. So let's uh, let's consciously try to rein it in for this one. But what's everyone's okay. opinions on all the remakes and remasters in gaming as of late? Are they good for the industry and gamers as a whole? Rip and tear. Thank uh, you. Not real Doom guy. <laughs> right. Like this. Could I don't be know like if I would call ass, it good. It's a whole ass thing. Like this could be a. A podcast episode all about I, I, I don't i wouldn't call it good i it's obviously i mean just seeing the dead space remake it's not horrible it's not like necessarily actively hurting the industry but i don't think it's necessary um even even good ones like dead space and i think uh ian and i were had like similar feelings if i'm not mistaken where, yeah. where it's just it's it's not necessary i'd rather see original ips come out more often yeah I, I i can agree with that and like look i mean i mean obviously uh remakes can be good right like they can be good entertaining games that sell satisfy something but i do agree that that there's something concerning uh about uh you know and i think i think you know we've been feeling it for a long time in the gaming you know world that uh, uh, at least you know AAA offerings are they're getting smaller and smaller, smaller and smaller pool of ideas. Um, lots of technical advancement, you know, lots of technical advancement, but not a huge amount of creative innovation, with some obvious exceptions. 
Um, I mean, so you kind of look at uh, what is it? Forspoken, like that was a new IP. Uh, they, they took they, a lot they of don't risks. Always hit. Honestly, yeah, it, it's yeah. Well, that's surprising you know. when you think about that game. That Square Enix was like, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, I Square think Enix the, Square Enix does some strange, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make some strange decisions. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. You know, I feel I feel pretty ambivalent about it to be to be honest. Like uh, it was definitely something that I thought about a lot while I was playing through Dead Space and thinking about, you know, how to judge this game and like so much. You know, the, the work is like brilliantly done, um, but so much of it is the work of uh, of an extinct studio. And I and I'm just. The, the the other part of it is just like I've already played through the story, even with minor changes. I just don't feel like it's like I want to spend my money playing the same game again. You know what I mean? The changes for me to spend my money on it are not big enough to warrant it. But I guess it depends on how big of a fan you are of the of the franchise too. Like you know, Ryan loves Dead Space, obviously, so he mm-hmm. got it. And that's but, it'd be it'd be nice to see some of this money and and resources uh, uh, go into preservation as well. You know, I mean, the, there's a lot of community preservation, especially on systems that can be emulated. Um, but it gets sort of short short shrift in the official uh, infrastructures. And there was just the other day a really great uh, article. Is that John uh, Carmack one? John Carmack, yeah, yeah. talking about uh, how this is like a fixable problem. Um, and it's uh, it's something that is important to do uh, unless we you know we want to lose our our storied history. So, right. I don't know. I guess where I, I weigh in more on the positive side of things simply because there's so much stuff that I haven't played, you know. And like Dead Space, there's no reason why I couldn't go back and play the original. Um, but I probably never would have unless. I don't know, unless Ian or Josh or, you know, whoever was like, hey, this is one of my favorite games. I'd love to see you play it. You know, maybe then if you like you turn it into an event, but I'm never going to sit down on a Saturday and and, and play Dead Space 1. So this for me was like a good excuse to do it. And uh, I don't know, stuff like that. I mean, from the studio side, that's a good reason to do it, I guess, because, I mean, they've already got an IP. They've got us pretty much everything else straightened up. They just got to update everything. And then at that point, they're just marketing to a whole new generation or or people like you that haven't played it yet. I think so, EA I mean, is angling to compete with the successes of Resident Evil and the imminent revival of uh, Silent Hill as well. I was thinking the exact same thing, honestly. So they... They turn to the to the vaults, you know. To me, though, it all comes down to the the quality of the remake. Aye. Um, like, if it's beat for beat, one to one, I I don't know. To me, that doesn't really justify its existence. If it's improved in some way, um, in a way, to me, that feels a little bit more in the realm of preservation even though i do understand it's not preservation preservation would be preserving the actual um original yeah i get, get what you're saying though but uh what else it's kind of like remastering a you know like a fucking banging album from back in the day that has like really shitty audio quality or something i don't know but then you got things like uh like final fantasy 7 remake Mm-hmm. which there's a whole debate on whether or not that's actually a remake. Some people call it a sequel and they're very serious about it. 
Um, it's a remake, though. And to me, that's valuable because it's new. It's essentially kind of like like a reimagining. I think that's valuable. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm someone who will never tire of the original Final Fantasy VII. Um, so, I don't know. I, can, I, don't, I, I don't can't know. speak to that because I haven't played the, the remake. Right. But when you look at something like The Last of Us remake, where it's like they yeah. have the opportunity to pull in even small stuff from The Last of Us 2. Like, there was a dodge mechanic and a prone mechanic. Combat was, you know, enhanced pretty well for The Last of Us 2 compared to 1. And why couldn't that have made it in? Like, yeah, you might have had to fuck around with some level design. But who the... F like, is a remake not an excuse to fuck around with the level design? Like, go... F oh, right. I mean, some stuff. of that's got to be, you know... Uh, and I'm, this is not an excuse, if anything, it's a criticism. Uh, you know, like a cost analysis, right? Sure. Like, I'm... You know, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's hard to say if EA Motive... Because there are EA studios who are, like, working in Unreal right now. But... Uh, Dead Space Three was the was Frostbite, right? Yeah, probably because they they were building on the the old code. I would assume that's it's like the logical reason to sort of keep it in your proprietary engine. Um, yeah. So like, I I think there's a I think there's a bit of a correlation too between how long it's been out because you were talking about Resident Evil and Silent Hill being remade. And those games are from the 90s, early 2000s, and there is a significant, you know, upgrade not only in in fidelity and audio and and and, but also just in gameplay mechanics and everything like that, in general. Uh, whereas, like The Last of Us, did not need, in my opinion, a remake because it's not been that long. It's yeah, still it came very out much yesterday for Christ. Yeah, it's only five years younger than Dead Space. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't even think Dead Space was warranted, in my opinion. I think Dead Space. Yeah, I would. I, if I had been the god of the CEO of video games, I, I might not have made that call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and now, you know, the other thing too is like is like the AAA premium, right? It, it it almost feels like you know, instead of doing the remaster that they sell for forty dollars, you know, they'll do the remake and sell it for eighty dollars. Um, which is like, I don't know, man, it, it's hard for me, uh, even, you know, even playing Dead Space, it was like really hard for me. It's, it's always really hard for me to justify the, the rapidly increased price tags. At least until, like we were saying earlier, the like, <laughs> the flow of shit downhill, you know, <laughs> your changes a bit. <laughs> that's, that's an episode oh. title right there. Oh, man. Um, I'll be brief, since I, I know we uh, need to move on. Uh, like, I'd say it all depends on the game, whether it's getting remastered or remake. Like, there's a ton of really old, real-time uh, real strategy games that I would love to see remade or remastered. I think there's, like... I think, there, I, I think the remake-remaster treatment could suit a lot of games really well, but they're just not getting touched on. Like, uh, the old Command & Conquer games, for example. Those would make, like, for... For excellent remasters or remakes, it's hard uh, to do that with sim with those kinds of games, though, because then at that point it's like, well, why don't you just make another sequel? You know, just just make another game. A, a game like that ends up being basically like just like an up res. Yeah, like that's about all it could be. Um, I imagine that like there's also like mechanics from future games they could add to older games, stuff like that. But like uh, on the preservation side of things, 
Like, I would also love, like, certain games to be remastered or remade that, like, literally just cannot be played anymore because, one, they're not published, they're not sold anymore, or, like, they're, uh, there's also tons of, like, games that, like, were pretty mediocre that could be remade or remastered to be, like, better games than their originals. I think remakes and remasters yeah, have a true. ton of potential, but they're just not being fully utilized. They're... Like, they could do a lot of good if they were used properly, I there guess is, is my... There is a, a game that I remember playing, and it ran on, like, the only way I could... And this was, like, even back in, like, the 2000s, like, a little bit after high school for me, and, and it I could only get it to run on computers then on DOSBox, which was, like, a uh, like something you would download to run things that ran on DOS, you know, on, on newer computers at that time. So, so in that case, for you know, strategy games and things like that, I could see that. It's a, that that's a good point. Uh, a lot of games on GOG now come packaged with DOS box in order to to run them. Yeah, nice. So I remember like having to like hunt around for DOS box. It was a pain in the ass. In college. Um, so here's here's a, a hypothetical question for you guys. So like, you know, if, if we were to say that, okay, you know, it's been it's been 15 years. Dead Space, it's time for a remake. In another 15 years, should we remake Dead Space again? Like, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> every every 15 years, the new the new Dead Space drops. I do think that, uh, I don't know, I feel like we're kind of halfway there in a way, like with uh, the remake remaster thing. It could be an avenue for preservation like like if you're gonna bring let's say you're remaking dead space then like while you're doing that you know alongside it make an effort in some way i don't know what all goes into it but like make an effort to do something john carmack does somebody has preservation him. side yeah I, I agree i would that would feel way less like cynical. don't give me dead space 2 for free give me like a a copy of Dead Space 1 for free, the original, that runs perfectly fine on whatever fucking hardware you have. Because yeah. they made sure. I, I can't believe that EA can't afford to, you know, uh, keep their, you know, su support their games. And just do oh, what man. Rockstar does and just not even remaster or remake oh, and just re-release on the next console the same exact game. Or, or, and when you do, when you do, like, remaster your fucking game, <laughs> it's just like a pile of literal... <laughs> oh yeah, the GTA trilogy. <laughs> some some studios don't even care about preserving their own fucking video games, like Magica. No. Like you could you could go oh, on Steam right geez. now and buy Magica, which is a good video game. Josh, say nothing, and it won't work on your computer. the The current version, the current build, is fucking borked. You have to go look up some crazy bullshit to just yeah, run man. some old ass version, so that it won't crash on you. And even then, it still crashes on you sometimes. Aye. Um, but anyway, I spent too long on that. Uh, the next question from McNorsk. <laughs> ah, I know him. I know him. Hey, McNorsk. Shout out. What game do you feel slipped beneath the radar or doesn't get the praise it truly deserves? I'll go first since I'm speaking. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes, man. Like I, yes! I, I, think, I think that's a good example of that. That's my answer. I'm done. <laughs> Anybody else? Absolutely. Slip beneath the radar That's, doesn't get the praise it truly. I'm really is. interested in Josh's answer to this. I don't know if I have <laughs> one. Uh, to be honest, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. 
Um, All these games, they get too much praise. That's the problem. <laughs> Bannerlord Mountain Blade. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, uh, I got to think on that. Give me, give me uh, a few minutes. Straight, straight to Ian or Ryan. All right. uh, I guess I'll, I'll say right off the bat, um, from... Uh, from 2021, I'll say I'm surprised this game didn't blow the fuck up. Uh, you guys may have heard me mention it before. Grime. Grime 2D Souls-like oh, yeah. Metroidvania. Like, I am blown away that that game didn't explode in popularity because it's like, it, I literally argue it's one of the best video games ever made. It's so fucking good. The level design, the combat, the bosses, the music. Like, ew, it's so good. It's so good. It doesn't make any sense because like games like Hollow Knight, Blew the fuck up. People saw the quality in Hollow Knight, and everyone praises Hollow Knight, and now everyone's super excited for Silk Song. And yet, Grime, I barely, uh, I barely hear hear peep about that game, and it just what is the it the, fuck? Col the Colors of Rot game? Yeah, Colors of Rot. That was their latest free right, expansion. I'll, I'll add it to my wish list. I it, it's so good. It's so good. It takes so many elements from so many great games: Castlevania, Dark Souls, uh, of course, Metroid. Like, ah, uh, it's so good. It's Another so one, fucking good. <laughs> or Ori and the Will of the Wisps is yeah. I think doesn't get the like people. Anybody that's played it is usually like, oh yeah, it's a great game, but it's not in any conversations. Um, when it came out, it was in a lot of award conversations. I I, I guess, but uh, I don't know. I think it's one of the best games in its genre. Yeah. Um, and it's a big genre. I, I mean, I got a hot take on you for that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What, Josh doesn't like Ori? I'm fucking shocked. I, uh, well, okay. What is, uh, was it, did it make you feel too many feelings? What was wrong with Ori? Nothing. Okay, Ian. Probably the, the platforming, I would assume. <laughs> uh, That's a good point. Josh doesn't like platforming too much, so I mean, I could, I can understand why that wouldn't be enjoyable. But you like Celeste, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Celeste is like, I think Celeste is a hard platformer. It is. Okay. <laughs> Good talk. Ian, do you have a game that you feel slipped beneath the radar? Oh, man. I have... Uh, and I know that there are a lot that I can think of, but the one that is coming to mind right now is... I think I think uh, Pathologic 2 did not get the love it deserved. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think it deserved at least enough love that it could have, you know, added the other two thirds of the game. I haven't, I haven't played Pathologic two yet, I, but I love Pathologic, and I'm looking forward to playing Pathologic two. But man, you know, I know, I, I think I pick Lodge as a studio. They just deserve to have to be able to finish their ideas. Everything I've heard about Pathologic two is. Uh, you know, from fans of the original is great. So it would have been really nice to have that Josh make, uh, that make enough like, money. Like, like last year, I think, for it was either Christmas or birthday, and I'm still too scared to play it. <laughs> so, one yeah, game was it? Pathologic 2. It was Pathologic a, you gifted two. it to me. It was, at, oh. like I said, either birthday or Christmas, but I've been too afraid to ever boot it up. And I think that's it scares fault. me too, honestly. Yeah, Ian's, Ian's like, it's one of those games. Yeah, it is one of those games, man. I, those I, games. I have memories. Like, like you tell me the story about memory. selling the gun. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I have that in me. It's, it's dude, it'll, it'll fucking make you sell a gun for a loaf of bread. And that is a fucking <laughs> achievement of game design. Like, yeah. 
but it's something. I mean, there's nothing nothing like it. The void is scares me for the same. Like I feel like you've kind of built it up the same in a similar way as Pathologic. I mean that that sh- I, I, you know I don't want to lie to you, man. That shit is fucking hard. <laughs> like it is, right. and it is white knuckle the whole way. Um, and it's hard in a way that like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm very interested to to see you engage with that game. <laughs> I promise I will one day. I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you guys for your questions, or I guess thank Ryan for getting those questions out of you. <laughs> um, am I forgetting any part of the show? That, I mean, I don't think nobody has like a hot take re- re- uh, prepared. We did the indie shout. Did you? I, mean, I, I already praised the Callisto yeah. protocol. Like that's enough of a hot take. For <laughs> yeah, Josh. I want, of course, I want your game. Which uh, the the one that was kind of uh, under under the radar a bit for its at least it's for its particular uh, genre is called Underrail. That's oh, what I'm man. To think of. I've heard of that. Uh, Underrail is if you're a fan of like the original Fallout's or. Uh, wasteland or things like that it's very much in that same vein and it's very good quality it's it came out in 2015 but we covered it on the igr and and kind of fell in love with it from there am i looking uh, at so, the right one uh from stygian software yes it looks pretty cool. i bought that game a long time ago i was really excited to play it but it it's sort of it's like a massive rpg and those are always sort of yeah hard to ramp up <laughs> for me is it like a is it like an isometric metro kind of it, 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 it definitely like. yeah definitely it's like it's like metro if it took place in the same way that like the original fallouts did or um or wasteland and the original wasteland stuff um, it looks so cool i just love it i added so that much. to my wish list too yeah it is difficult though but i think it has difficulty setting if it oh if i apologize for I don't. I thought that you had like thrown in the towel on picking a one of these games because you said you didn't know if you could pick one. So I wasn't trying no, to just skip, needed, skip over you. No, I just needed a few minutes because I was trying to think of it. Underrail. I've not even heard of this. Somehow, I love when that happens though. When cool games that I never heard of just suddenly start existing in my life. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. there's a DLC too. I didn't know. How much is Underrail? Fifteen bucks. See, that's a nice price point. Hi. At least I think so. Um, but yeah, I guess that's a, that's probably a, a show. Um, I don't know. Should I hit the... I don't have my little script that I usually read off at the end. I, I've stopped making show notes. <laughs> so, uh, Ryan, I want to thank you, know for, you made it. for coming yeah, on to the show. Shit, man. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. Was was excited for this all week. Yeah, so question, are you going to listen to your episode of Games I Guess? That's the question. I probably will, just because I want to hear the audio quality. Like, I, I need to know. Nice. Is yeah, yeah, I want to know if my uh, my mic my foot microphone is as good oh, as I think it is. Don't be uh, don't be too excited. Discord has a a knack for making everyone but me sound like ass. Yeah. Oh, um, delightful. It's Discord's <laughs> fault. Uh, yeah, that compresses the audio real bad. Yeah. But what can you do? I guess you could pay mm. for Zoom or something like that, or what? Some. Oh that. Lord! Imagine yeah. paying. <laughs> uh, people do. People do. People that use it. Uh, but anyway, uh, that that's uh, a show. Um, what do I normally say? You can find everything you need to know about this show at uh, I guess Games on Twitter. Um, send us an email for patch notes and all that stuff. Games I guess Podcast at gmail.com. 
If you want to follow Josh on Twitter, he's at Josh and Yah. Ian's at Discreet Infinity. Ryan, what are you there? Are you Gamertron Show or Gamertron? Yeah, I'm just uh, just a Gamertron Show on Twitter. So uh, or flat here, I'll take a quick. Look. It's either the Gamertron or Gamertron Show. It's at Gamertron. There you uh, go. Show. That's it. <laughs> there you go. And uh, you can find me at the underscore Wizfish on Twitter. Um, the Gamertron Show on YouTube as well. If you want to check yeah. it out there. Appreciate um, it. Appreciate I'm, it. I'm just Wizfish on YouTube. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for, uh, for being here. All four or four. All three of you. And uh, I'll catch everybody else next. No, not next week. Dark Souls next week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That's it. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>